Spaceship Man, Spaceship Man's right here. Matchup of the century, everyone. The Titan of all Titans, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, versus the man, the giant ape himself, King Kong, who will reign supreme, who will bow to the other, and who will win absolutely nothing. It's episode 235 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. We are reviewing Godzilla versus Kong. I am Ben Magnet. That's Brandon McClure. Where's my wallet? And Ryan Eliopoulos. So who you all got? Because I got... Absolutely no money on Godzilla, but that's who I want to win. I got I the movie, it'd be unfair. Yeah. I could feel Ben searching for Eighth Wonder of the World. Oh, I could feel him yeah. trying to find yeah. that uh, in, in the yeah, selling totally And I'm like, forgot. can't tell him. Nope, I totally forgot. Yep, God, wow. King, not Godzilla, King Kong. Kong was King the Eighth Kong. Wonder of the World. <sighs> okay, I had like, a different intro plan, but that I I want to put some actual time and effort into that one, but I never had found the time to do it, and I'm that's like, the, nah, nah, can't do it, can't do it. I gotta do something else. That's gonna be our Earth Two intro. That's what they did on Earth Two. Oh, yeah. really? There you go. Did Did you when you were kids? Did you think that they were calling him the Ape Wonder of the World? No, I did. No. <laughs> like I you know what? Like the first time I saw it, I thought they said Ape wonder of the world and i'm like makes sense sure it does make sense i yeah. won't i won't say i didn't think that because i don't remember because i saw the movie pretty young uh but i don't think so but again i can't be sure words are close yeah it was definitely before i understood the concept like had i even heard of it anywhere that i could recall of the seven wonders of the world yeah. prior and so to me it was just like oh yeah ape wonder of the world that makes sense and then like later on i was like ape Wonder. I don't think I was ever taught what the seven wonders of the world are. Or, or it's the pyramids. Is that one of them? Yes. I is know they exist. The Eiffel Tower? Is that one? No. No. The greatest big call in America? We have uh, the Colossus of Rhodes. Like the, oh. only, the only wonder of the world that isn't destroyed is the pyramids. Oh. Every, the, everyone, every other like of the seven wonders of the world, they're all gone. They're all the great, great Wall of China? Is that no, one? Not one no. of them. That's so, it's like, that's so wonderful, be. though. So, so, like, they're extended titles that they're supposed to be the seven wonders of the ancient world. Oh, why are you leaving the words out? It's bad marketing, guys. That's why no one learns about it. You know what? That explains Kong, because he's an ancient, he's from the ancient world. There you go. All right. Yeah. yeah one, I know one of them was, like, the Colossus of Rhodes, the, the Gardens of Babylon. They've actually been re, re-decided, apparently, but, like, originally Whoa. what they were was the Pyramids. The Colossus mm-hmm. of Rhodes, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, oh. the Lighthouse of Alexandria, mm-hmm. the Mausoleum at Hal- Halicarnassus, sta- Statue of Zeus at Olympia, oh. and the Temple of Artemis. Okay, okay, okay. And now it's like, I don't know. The pyramids, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> What's real big? The Louvre. Uh, the new seven wonders of the world <gasps> are... Learning. This is like uh, education. Still the pyramids. Okay. The mm-hmm. Great Wall of China. Bam. Oh, okay. Petra. Uh, which is in Jordan. Okay. Uh, the Colosseum in Rome. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Chicken Itza in oh. in Mexico. Sure. Oh, yeah. My parents actually went to... That's the pyramids in uh, Mexico. Yes. Right. Uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. The Taj Mahal. And uh, the Christ the Redeemer statue in Brazil. Nice. Those oh. are the See, modern seven See, wonders of the world. I, those are the ones that I heard about or looked up myself like years ago. Uh, those ancient ones were like ancient. There you ones. go, everyone. Nice little bit of the education. Yeah. That's it for the Fake Nerd Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Um, before we get started, I have links. I have, I have a lot of links. Um, uh, ben, I put in your, your, your last week article... Mm-hmm. 
in here Sweet. again because I didn't put it in the live and so it's not mentioned. So it's down there if you hadn't already read it. Um, and uh, Ryan, you did not do Downright Annoyed this week. Heck no, we didn't. Easter but, Sunday, baby. Oh. But you did a live reaction to the Snyder Cut this week. Oh, I did. Wow. So we, yes, we did wow, that. Wow. 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 We did that actually a couple weeks ago. And now, yeah, I forgot. That was now Michael was, was Michael was Michael's editing that. Yeah. Um, uh, that's cool. Check that out. If you've seen the movie, don't watch it. If you don't want the movie spoiled. Uh, it's funny because some of the best parts of the movie have to get cut because of music reasons. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't wait to rewatch that scene to see it re- react to it. And then like, it's definitely not in the movie because it's like a licensed thing or there's like specific music use. And I'm like, oh man, YouTube's funny that way. Still a really great reaction video. Check it out. Four hours is a long movie, you guys. <laughs> uh, the, the the reaction video, I, just, I didn't watch it, but it is about an hour. It's like an hour and 30, I think. What do you edit it yeah, down to? Uh, something like that. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's links below. Check that out if you want. If you've seen the Snyder Cut, of course. Um, I mean, or not. You know, it's your life, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have a bunch of show a bunch of show stuff in the description below. Uh, there is a basement arcade pause menu. Yep. Ben, you want to you want to cue that? Yeah. So the newest episode of Basement Arcade Pause Menu with Patrick Brickhouse is up on our YouTube channel and on our audio feeds. It's uh, him and myself talking for about hour and a half, like hour forty five minutes, about the video game anniversaries that are coming out this year. It's really cool. You should totally listen to that. It's really fun. Really can't wait to have him back on the show again. It was a really fun conversation. Love it. Uh oh, Brandon is frozen. Uh, Brandon's frozen. He's he's frozen. So that <laughs> that was other links in the description. As far that as I know, is, uh, that's the one that we did. And Brandon is back. Welcome back, Brandon. <laughs> it's okay. You're back now. That was <laughs> I pay a hundred dollars for this. Someone's <laughs> making a call later. Oh my god. All right. Anyway. Thank it's you okay. ben, for queuing that, that off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's also our fake nerds watch uh, for Falcon Winter Soldier episode two. Um, episode three was just recorded today, so that'll go up this week. But episode two is linked below if you haven't already seen it. Um, then there's then there's I think that's that's all the video stuff we have down there. But I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, there is a fake nerd book club uh, for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers volumes two and three up now on the audio feed um, for you audio listeners and a conversation uh, conversation my new show with Pat Aura uh, from the Historia Canadiana podcast Ooh. Uh, we had a fun we had a fun conversation about uh, fandom and ca- Canadian pop culture uh, which is not all that not all that different from America but it was fun to, to chat with him about it um, so check check those out all, all those are linked below love it uh, and then the, the last thing I want to bring up is, uh, as promised, our Patreon t-shirt has changed. It is a new quarter. April 1st, new sh- new shirt went up, even though I posted it on Saturday. Uh, but new April shirt. 1st, a new shirt went up. Uh, it is Stephen King is my best friend. It's so good. Uh, designed by our good friend, Mike Matola. Uh, now you too, like Ben, can be Stephen King's best friend. $10. Ten dollars a month, and you get that shirt. Look at that on Patreon. Uh, so there you go. Check out the Patreon links below. Get that shirt. It's a good one, guys. I'm really happy with how that one turned out. It's a it's a banger for sure. He draws a good caricature of Stephen King. Uh, for everyone who wants to check it out, it is on our Instagram page. So, 
Very cool. Okay. And that's all I got as far as description stuff. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. Who <gasps> what's up, Mag? Mag knows what's up. <laughs> Death Stare Stephen King. Love it. Uh, so that's... um. Who wants to go first of the week? Who's going first? It's gonna be me. Because I'm bold and I'm not... And I'm a and I'm a hero. I'm definitely a hero. That's a Kong. That's a Godzilla versus Kong reference. If you get that, you got that. You get that because I'm not a coward. That's the joke, you guys. Oh, thank you. We all just watched that movie for sure. Okay, <laughs> uh, something that I'm gonna very briefly talk about, but we can talk about it together. Is I watched a new episode or another episode of Superman and Lois. Uh, that show continues to rock my world. I love it. Uh, <clears> it's <throat> it's it's the best at what the CW tries to do. It's like I think it is. When it because it is going to be drama and, and you know like teens and stuff, but in terms of good writing and like actual uh, relating to the characters, it's really really good. It's like really strong, and it makes me care about the side characters, like like the side characters, like the the like the, the best friend of the kids of Superman. Yeah. So in it, I did criticize it in this episode for like they introduced the fact that one of Superman's kids has. Uh, disorder, social anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. and things like that. And it was present in the first episode, but hasn't really come up since. Uh-huh. Uh, not that it needs to come up in every episode, but it's like, I feel like this would factor in with all the changes that are happening at this current moment. Yeah. And that hasn't really been shown in that kid. However, he did really connect with similar stuff going on with Lana's daughter. And Lana's daughter definitely had representation of that shit in this episode just decided i'm gonna lay out like real life stuff right here in the diner mom how's that sound and it was like like something like uh like as someone who's had some like familiar drama in his life like some of that diner stuff is so real and this like it's like i can't believe like this isn't a superman show again like i'm getting my great superman action and i'm also getting this like really good drama that the cw doesn't always deliver like in my case she, um, she basically calls out her mom for pretending to be fake and uh, <laughs> and always uh, acting like she's in a happy marriage and that their family is happy at home and calling out every single instance related to the dad, her sister, herself, her mom. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and again, like these are all like like 14, 15 year olds. So like they're feeling these emotions. And uh, so like I just think that stuff's really good. And like that's usually the stuff that drives me away from these type of shows. But it's it's being done really well. So I think it's great. Um. Yeah. I started playing. Oh, real quick. They also did a really sweet thing in that episode where uh, Clark, you learn that Clark is always kind of listening in on his kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like one of them is getting like bullied at school and you see him at the farm and he's just like trying to keep going with the chore, but he's listening and like trying to keep himself from getting involved, but he's listening. And it's like, oh, you you gotta... you gotta not be the super dad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil like the rest of that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's that's so good. Like, and it's Superman. Superman not knowing how to be a dad. The way it, it like ramps up in its intensity. So the way that it's slowly built is just like you think they're two separate things at first, because you're just like you're seeing the kids at school and it looks like something's happening. But then it cuts to Clark and Clark's on the farm and he's doing a thing and you're like, oh, this is a nice scene. And then it cuts back to the school and then it cuts back to Clark and then you start to go, oh, he's listening. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's spying on his kids. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a learning episode, which is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, just like that, like that kind of stuff you don't usually see in superhero stuff, and I think it's really great. Um, I started to play the 2016 reboot slash remake of Ratchet and Clank. I don't know what really that thing is because it's it's like a remake a of that video first game, game based off the movie. Video game based off a movie, which they reference in the game, which immediately made me love it. Uh, it is that that 
it makes me really scared about that movie because there's no way it's as good as this game. <laughs> um, the, it is so sharp and it is, it is uh, Captain Cork and like he's telling the story of Ratchet like in playing Ratchet 1 and it's him narrating everything you do um, and it's just really sharp writing and the Ratchet gameplay is still so fun and it's just updated. Brandon, I don't know if you've played the Ratchet games more recent than I. Like, Is this a straight remake of the first one? Because my memory no. of it's, it's not? Okay. No, so a lot of the stuff with Captain Cork specifically is different and that's yeah. and like he, Ratchet the first game Ratchet is not trying to be a member of whatever Galactic Force uh, Quark is. A the Rangers, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, his motivation is completely different. His motivation in the first game is just to save Clank. Gotcha. Uh, and then this game reimagines that as Ratchet kind of has more agency of his own wanting to be a Galactic cool. Ranger. I love it. I love all that stuff. And it feels so much more cinematic. And like, it's not like Pixar level quality, but like the animation is really, really good. And like the transition from, from like the, the cutscenes to the gameplay is seamless and it's so good. And this makes me so excited for that next game, the PS5 game, because like the stuff, like you could see some of the stuff that like they, that goes from this game in the deck. And I'm like, they're just going to make it so much better. And like, I'm so excited and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to continue playing it. Uh, I think it's great. The game is really fun. The movie isn't as good but it does um it does connect story elements better than the game does because the game tends to like jump from a beat to beat to beat without any really real connective tissue where the yeah. movie fixes that yeah and you can also there's a lot of like optional stuff so you can stop the quest and just go yeah. like oh go up uh check out this sewer or something yeah yeah, yeah. um i played some Fortnite <laughs> with this guy we'll talk about that some later i barely got caught up on some comics i decided to pick one road and I read X-Men uh, 17 through 19 because that's the stuff where um, with the Children of the Vault and X-23 and Sink and Darwin. Um, and they've been missing for literally like a year and a half. Um, Brandon, you, you're caught up, correct? Yeah, I just read that issue. Cool, cool, cool. Um, exceptional stuff. Yeah. Truly, like the, like the newest issue is like what may be the best of this. It's not Hawks Pox level, but like it is maybe the, the best issue of like the 19 issues. Like it is it is what Hickman is, is so good at. It's vast mass epic storytelling with small emotional stuff at the same time like it is it's truly a feat that he can do this within like 22 pages um truly exceptional stuff i love it um i um okay the last thing i did was i started to play doom eternal um because i was a big fan of doom i think doom is one of the best shooters ever made um like the best remake of all time um doom eternal i can already i can already tell i wasn't going to be a big fan of it uh a lot more platforming it is and this is this is not a negative of the game it's the mood that i'm currently in doom eternal is insanely hard even on regular levels that game is truly hard and i'm just not in the mood where i want to play something where i have to be so focused where i'll die every three mm -hmm. seconds yeah. it is insanely hard i had to i had to bump it down i tried it on the harder difficulty and i was like i just can't do this and i bumped it down lower and i'm like i know i'm good at games but man this is it asks a lot of you like there are like literally like 12 abilities that you eventually get that you have to all work out at once. And it's like almost like a puzzle game while also being a shooter. And while that's great, that is not what I'm looking for right now. So I am super into the lore of Doom Eternal. So I'm like, I know I'm not going to beat this game. So I stopped playing it and I just watched all the cutscenes on YouTube. And that's something that I never do, but it's on Game Pass. So I don't feel like I'm stealing from the game. I own the game technically because of Game Pass right now, right? Uh, the lore of that game's insane. Um, I hope they make another one because that stuff that with angels and demons and the stuff they do with God, it's so metal in the coolest ways. Angels are ju are just as ugly as demons. They just have better, cool, cooler looking armor. Um, 
humans, their souls are energy for the gods. And that's why we die and get sent to hell so they can harvest our energy. And we're just a ploy for the gods. We are energy for the gods. And that is the lore of doom. And that is so evil. And I love it. Uh, so it is us fighting against God himself, basically. Um, it is cool. That franchise goes in wild places. Um, God, I hope they make a third one. Uh, 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 that DLC is super, super crazy. Uh, and I think that's my week. Uh, How did they get that also... movie so wrong? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. You also went back to Fall Guys for the first time in forever. Yes, I did. In like six to eight months. Yeah, they. I played almost all new levels. Um yeah, uh, I played that game a lot when it first came out with you guys, and I just got kind of tired of it, you know, as, as you do with games with not a lot of content. But now that there's a lot of stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, like, taking the Fortnite model, uh, almost like a Battle Pass thing. Uh, so many costumes, so many new modes. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, probably going to play some more with you guys. Hell yeah. Funny, funny you mentioned Doom Eternal, Ryan, because I love Doom 2016. I really like Doom Eternal, even though people say Doom Eternal is, like, the quote-unquote better game. But there's, I haven't, I still haven't beaten the game yet. I've had the game for over a year. I haven't beaten it yet because there's this one platforming part that you have to shoot while you're midair, shoot a target, it opens the door, and you have like two seconds to go from point A to point B to get it through. You have to time it and do it just perfect and just right. And I hate it. It's there, there are times, like when you were saying earlier, there are times where you're, it's like a puzzle game. You have like, there are so many like special challenges because I'm trying to do all the collectibles and collect everything, find all the metal albums, find all the toys. And there are t parts where it's like, why can I not beat this goddamn thing? I, <laughs> I have rate. I, and I played on normal difficulty too. And there are times I've rage quitted. Yeah. I've just like, I just like stopped the game and watched Netflix or played something else because I was just like, I need to take a break. This is getting me really mad. Yeah. And it's demanding. It's it's yeah. again. It's it's like it's not it's not a, a, the same type of game as Dark Souls, but it is a de a demanding game like Dark Souls. I mean, we're like you we have to be, you have to be in it to win it, or else you're gonna lose. You're not passing. I mean, yeah. I mean, whereas Dark Souls, it's it's weird because Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I feel like those games when you do be, it's like yes, I accomplished something. Whereas in Doom, it's like finally I get past this goddamn part. Well, that's because it's just more of a a tip a more traditional shooter where there's not a boss every every few levels, or sure. there is bosses, but it's not nearly the same as like like there's like thirty bosses. The in a bosses aren't necessarily thing kicking your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the platforming specifically is what really just turned me off because like you have to do all these insane shooting combos, and then you also have to do double jumps and then dashes in the air. So you'll mm -hmm. have to double jump, dash to grab a thing, to then double jump, dash to somewhere else. Also shooting people, and I'm just like. I'm just not, I'm not a teenager anymore. My reflexes aren't what they used to be. It's really hard. Um, so I just watch the cutscenes. It's quick. It's really cool. Although speaking of Doom, I do have to say that today or this weekend was the first time I ever bought something off a limited run. Oh? They have a limited run is re-releasing the original three Doom games for Switch and a PS4 all on one disc slash cart. And I got the special edition. Nice. Man, that's adorable. Yeah. You're a physical guy? Now I can finally play uh, Doom 3 because I never played Doom 3 before. No, I'm really glad that you have that. It's just funny to me that Limited Run had to do it because uh, on Xbox that already existed. Yeah. They just did that as a wide release thing for Xbox. It just took until now. Ben, do you want to go next since you're sure. already? Sure. Hell yeah. So besides me finally dropping some money on Limited Run games, even though I really am kicking myself that I didn't get the Panzer Paladin one, but that's a different story. Uh, Movie-wise, I watched the very first Godzilla movie. Like 1954 Godzilla. I finally watched it. 
I thought the first Godzilla movie was in 1998. Nope, nope, nope. Let's do the bait. Not taking it. Bye. <laughs> there goes Brandon. All right. <laughs> That's a lot of fish. Oh, Lord. So uh, that I watched it in the original Japanese. I didn't watch the American version. And it is a really good movie. Yeah. It is. Because I was talking to one of my buddies at work about it. And it at its core, it really is a horror movie. It really is a warning of how bad things can get. Like, I I see the metaphor, and I really really like it. Uh, I mean, it's made from it's made nineteen fifty four. So there are some shots where Godzilla just looks like a derp. It's really it's kind of funny, but it's in nineteen fifty four. It's the very first one. Of course, these effects you can see like the obvious stop motion effects, or you can probably see the wires on the on the cars when there's a scene where there are cars rolling. But one of the most profound sequences... There's no stop motion in that movie. There is? There's no stop motion in that movie. I could have swore there was. There's no, puppetry. There's, there's hand puppetry. There's puppetry. Um, right. I, I, will, I will say just on that note, like, I think, having watched it recently, like, I think Godzilla's design in that movie and his presence, the way they do the film, is scarier oh, yeah. than, like, half of what comes after in the Showa when he's attacking cities. Mm-hmm. Just in oh, presentation, yeah. like even though his costume is more simple in a way, it's kind of more effective. Oh yeah. Oh no. The the when like Godzilla when you first see Godzilla and you hear his roar, I was like, oh, this is scary. This is actually terrifying. And one of the scene and one of the scenes I was going to talk about, it's a profound and a, I think an amazing scene, is when all the radio and TV crews are on the tower and the announcer is saying like, this is it. I'm farewell to everyone we're gonna die because he's right in front of us and godzilla just tears this thing down just like tears the tower down you see people falling off the tower it's like oh shit and even the when like when the scene is over and he and godzilla goes back into the ocean and you see like a death state tokyo it's like jesus must i felt like it was stock footage from uh august 7th 1945 yeah dude that's crazy that i that it came out in like 54 because like they just got yeah. nuked like less than a decade ago. That is insane that like the turnaround, I didn't even think about the turnaround of yeah. that. That is so Three, crazy. Like putting your trauma r- that closely into. So, so roughly, oh my God. roughly, roughly three years before that is a ship. I forget the name of it, but it's the inspiration for Godzilla's first appearance across from a Navy ship of, yeah. of Japan's, which is that, the Americans were still doing nuclear testing in an area where the Japanese Navy was, and a whole ship of them were affected by radiation poisoning from them doing testings three years before the film was made. Man. And they were directly referencing that. Jeez. A uh, similar scene is in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mag says, uh, the scream from the cop car and family huddled together got me. Yeah, it's oh, an excellent yeah. movie. Excellent, yeah, excellent that, movie. Yeah, it is a. it truly is a fantastic movie. And I, I was... It's because when I was growing up, I would see and I watched Godzilla movies, the especially in the Showa era films. A lot of the Showa era films I watched were somewhat kid friendly and and goofy. There, there. I mean, yeah. There's like you got like King Kong versus Godzilla, where he's like, yes, Godzilla's the bad guy and he's trying to destroy stuff. And then, but you also got stuff like uh, I want to say Godzilla versus Gigan or the one with Jet Jaguar, where Megalon. where what was it? It's Megalon, Megalon, Godzilla versus Megalon. Yeah, Godzilla versus Megalon, where Godzilla's like, like salute or Jet Jaguar. They're like, like yeah, we're gonna beat this guy together, and they're saluting each other. It's and it's just so like, 
this is the king of the monsters. I mean, yeah, there's 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 invasion of the Astro monsters that he does the dance. There's the yeah. there's Megalon alone has him sliding on his tail. There's the one where yeah. he he breathes atomic radiation to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, the show era got goofy, sure, uh, but yeah. it still ended on Terror Mecha Godzilla, which is one of the best Godzilla movies. Yeah, yeah, and then of course with the Hey era films, it's like it's more like Godzilla's like the bad guy because he's destroying Tokyo, but he's also destroying these monsters. So, but the original Godzilla definitely worth a watch. Really good. Had a great time with that. Uh, besides that, I also watched it. I'm really glad I watched it. Me too. I was really glad I finally, I finally sat down. I was like, no, I want to watch the original Godzilla. I never have. And now I have. And then I watched 2014 Godzilla, which I still really enjoy. I still think it's really good. good Uh, The stuff stuff with the monsters, the stuff with Godzilla and the Mudos is really good, but I really don't like Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I'm every time when Brian Cranston died in that movie, I'm just sitting there going, Oh, I'm from the depth. So real quickly, up from the depths, uh, which is a YouTube channel that, that we follow, put up a video where this, where the guy on on this speculates what would happen if Brian Cranston did not die in the film, um, not changing Aaron Taylor Johnson's role, but wondering what how Brian Cranston would have altered the film. Uh, it's very good. It's really insightful and an interesting watch. I recommend it. It's up from the most recent video. Yeah, so watch 2014. I, I was going to try and get through the rest of the Monster First films this week, but I didn't have a chance to, unfortunately. Uh, besides that, didn't get a whole lot of video game playing done. Played a little bit of Mario, but not but not much. Uh, yeah, pretty much my week was not, not a whole lot of stuff. I just wa- I watched Godzilla and got some other stuff taken care of. So, yeah, that's oh. my week. Love, love it. Sparks? Oh, no, please. I insist. You always do this to me. <laughs> You like going last, and I like poking at that bear. I'll go, though, if you want. I'll go. I would like you to go. Thank you. Um, I did a lot, but yet not as much as I wish I had. Uh, considering spring break, uh, I wound up having to dedicate a lot of time to uh, chores around the house, um, those kind of things that you put off uh, until you have time. And I had time, and I still didn't have enough time. And then still school stuff had to be worked in a little bit. So I ended up not like my intention was to be completely caught up on all my pull comics. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't even kind of happen. That didn't even happen a little. That didn't even happen a single issue. Um, so that's how much that did not happen uh, this week. But I still I still did manage to do some things. I'm nearly done with Gilmore Girls. I'm in the, the final four of the show. Um, Pokemon, the final four. There's a light at the end of my tunnel. Thank goodness. Uh, and that is a relief. Um, not to disparage the show, just the last season's really drag, and it's finally starting to like pick up its feet for, because it knows it's approaching the end. It's like we gotta, we gotta make this work. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> Fortnite, a lot of it. Played a lot of it. It's just. It's good. It's there. It's I got poison. They added dude. raptors. They added raptors. Oh, that's yeah. That's like, I shot they one in the raptors. head today. You can tame them. You can fight them. You can hear them, and they're they're crazy because you hear them, and you don't know where they are. They they have the exact same sound effects from Jurassic Park, like the or whatever. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of those noises are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, Dr. Stone. Uh, that's still great, guys. Uh, I I really recommend watching that show. Doctor Stone is awesome. 
Uh, I played some Among Us. Among Us is really cool. Had fun with that. Um, we had a particularly crazy night where um, Pi, friend of the podcast, Pi, was playing with us. And, like, legit, I'm not off. Three quarters of the time, he was one of the killers. Oh, that's a lot. And so it reached a point where that had happened so many times where I'm like, all right, y'all, you just got to assume Pi. And I got pushback on it because I would always just immediately, like, no matter what, unless someone had physically seen someone kill the person we were talking about, I'm like, I'm voting Pi, y'all. Yeah. Like, I'm just safe bet. And I got pushback at first. And every time it was still him. <laughs> and then eventually we were all just like, and so when Pi was the killer, he was just like killing fools like as quickly as he possibly could because he's like, they're going to vote me out anyway. So he's just trying to do it as quickly as possible. Did you do it on the new map that came out? Um, no, no, that was not out, uh, I think, when we okay, started like, it, earlier. I think it was week. coming out sometime this week, so maybe it was Yeah, like, it, it was did, after. it did, but I think it came out after mm. we, we were doing this. Uh, this was earlier in the week. Um, I don't want to talk about that yet. Uh, Superman and Lois, we talked about that. Um, you and I also did a thing for Basement Arcade, which I don't think we'll say the name of yet. I think we might well, have said it way in the past, but we're not going to say it. Maybe. We'll hold off. Yeah. Uh, but we, we're doing a Basement Arcade, guys. Um, we're going to keep doing it for a little while, and we'll eventually be putting it up. Uh, mm -hmm. So look forward to that. We're putting the time in. When we got enough episodes. There's finally a new Basement Arcade being built. Yay. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I did some catching up on the Arrowverse so weird to call it that when he's not there but i hate the cw verse um i, the I flash some, galaxy the flash galaxy i did some catching up on that uh which had me watching the episodes of the flash that have come out so far for this season um and they're doing some some stuff which is interesting and it really cemented for me that like this idea that not just like it's definitely soap opera superhero show is at this point. Um, Flash and Arrow clearly were that. Not all of them are. Black Lightning isn't that. Supergirl isn't that. Uh, eh, Supergirl's getting close to that. But good. Uh, Superman and Lois isn't really that yet. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Legends certainly isn't. But it did make me go, I think that the trajectory that we're heading for is network television shows that run those 20 episode seasons. They're going to become more like soap operas. They're going to become like we're going to start to see them that way because they are becoming such long form storytelling that's usually having to fill in all that extra crap. And mm -hmm. we're getting so I'm noticing it because I'm getting used to prestige television, things that are tighter and quicker and get to the get to the good stuff and don't drag me through the motions of drama yeah. and watching things like Gilmore Girls or thinking about Smallville or thinking about these uh, the Arrowverse shows. I'm I'm starting to see the trend where those long form shows are going to become even more like soap opera to us because you need like you need like big emotional beats to keep people tied yeah, together. And like and, you, so and, you need it now every and episode. you start to see where like it's really pulling you through it, mm -hmm. uh, and that's it's just an interesting thing that I'm starting to recognize him because honestly, like those are the only long that long season network shows I watch right now uh, are the Arrowverse shows. And, yeah. It is weird to watch them trying to like keep a grip on that. And it's not all of them. Like again, legends is a truncated season and doesn't suffer from that as much. Black lightning is a truncated season. They've never gone above 16. Uh, and that has allowed black lightning to keep tighter. Uh, so it's really interesting that the ones that have to push that extra mileage in episodes, yeah. they're really, they're really like pulling a lot out of you in this new age of television where you're used to like not having to do that anymore. Now you got to cry every episode. Uh, Anyway, just an interesting thing. We watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. We talked about it. You'll be able to watch that. Birdman and Sad Boy. I watched um, the Mortal Kombat film. 
because he's going to be talking about it for downright annoyed. Well, I watched it, uh, the original Brandon. Um, and uh, I'd never seen it before. Uh, really? That movie's Ooh. wild. Yep. Did you like it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. Um, it's, it's, it's good in how boldly stupid it is. Oh, yeah. It's a, it is a, if you know his filmography, it's a Paul W. S. Anderson movie. Oh my gosh, so much. You, yeah. you could see from this to Resident Evil to like, and any of the movies he's made in between there, like he has, you're like, oh yeah, okay. You're, you're kind of bad, kind of cheesy, but it works. AVP even. Honestly, like the thing that pulls me, like I can't take it seriously at all is Raiden. <laughs> I can't take Raiden seriously even a little. Not, yeah. a, not for a second. Yeah. It's... Every time he shows up, I'm like, I can't, I can't with you. What was that? Yeah, I you everything. What's I the line you. <laughs> Stupidest, like the dumbest moment in, in that movie to me is this part where Liu Kang's like, oh my gosh, if she doesn't accept the challenge, then no final Mortal Kombat can be completed. And then Raiden immediately just turns him and he's like, I have nothing left to teach you, Liu Kang. And I'm like, oh, that fact proves he's learned all he can from great god of thunder and lightning, Raiden? What's the, cool. what's the part Noted. where he's... What's the part where he's on the um, on the on the step and he goes, eh, eh, eh. "I don't think so." Yes, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, and then and then the other funny part about that is like literally a scene later, Liu Kang encounters Katana and she's like, "You still have much to learn, Liu Kang." And I'm like, "Raiden doesn't seem to think so." We just listen to him get like his his college graduation speech. Like, what's going on? Uh, uh, it's interesting that you say so that because like he's my favorite part of it, Christopher Lambert. Uh, yeah, I love his Raiden. Mis- don't misunderstand. I think it's very funny. I also think it's incredibly misguided casting and stupid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's very entertaining to watch. It's like if it I would happen if in I was deeply invested, I'd be like, "This is terrible casting." Yeah. Like it's a do... good thing I'm not connected to Raiden. <laughs> did he do? Um, did he do Highlander before or after Mortal Kombat? Before before okay so that yeah. that's why he's in mortal Kombat then because highlight it was huge this was a this was a, a big <sighs> movie when it so, came out man yeah man i just every time your every soul time is he's... mine Shang soul is, is selling it like that's the thing is like the other characters are kind of selling it for me even, even with the goofiest <laughs> shit like i'm still like for a 90s film sold but then that guy shows like he shows up as right mm. and i'm like i can't i can't I can't do you this. You know who, who after, because I've seen this movie plenty of times. Who takes you seriously? Nobody but the people in the movie. I know. Um, Johnny Cage actually really works for me. Because, like, I think that actor, he actually does his a lot of his own stunts. And he looks really good doing them. Like, specifically, like, that one Scorpion fight where he's in, like, the pirate zone or whatever the hell they're oh, at. Yeah. The dead pirate zone. Now, <laughs> like, I know Mortal Kombat is like this because, like, you know, Sonya Blade and, and Johnny Cage are our main mm-hmm. big-time characters and yeah, everything. Yeah. And... and uh, and I get that, but like, it is interesting to, especially for the time period, look at it through the lens of like, wow, they really high profile the white characters for this one. You, I um, mean, it's 1995 and it's Paul W.S. Anderson. I understand that. Yeah. Like, it's, but it, it, you really just have to say 1995, not even Paul W.S. Yeah. Anderson. Like it, it is a thing of the time, but this is the thing that you and I talked about. Like I, I'm really invested in the choice of like, because it doesn't make sense by the movie's end. Why did Shang Tsung have to be so obsessed with Sonya? Because he's That's gross. That's so bizarre. Because he's and, just well, a gross well, man. Well, because, like, it's really it's not what good. it is. Yeah. It's paying off of, like, old Flash Gordon shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the it's the a- Asian nemesis who's lusting after 
the white woman, which is that old thing. And he even puts her and in like pulling that back, that, like, and he thing. chains her up, and he puts her in the the shaggy dress yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. And I'm like, man, this is this is bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, two weeks for that new and one, baby. And it's so weird because like you just didn't need it because yeah. it's never explained why he was so interested in her or anything. Like he Not just he takes her there, that lures them there. And, Although, and like uh, Kano, I think that is perfect Kano casting. Uh, and he has one of my favorite lines. He's like, and I come ear to ear. And I'm like, oh my God, he's like the best scumbag in movie history. He he's so good. And he gets taken out like immediately. Uh, he is he is pretty good. I yeah. agree. I think half that casting is really, really good. Yeah. And then the other half's like, oh boy, big Goro. I like the movie a lot. I do. I do too. I wonder if it's because I've been watching it my entire life though. It's 100% that. Yeah. 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 Like, like don't don't misunderstand. I enjoyed my yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed it while also recognizing like this is enjoyable because it's very dumb. Yeah, yeah. I am, <laughs> God, I am so stoked for that new one, you guys. Just Ooh, turning boy. Scorpion Sub Zero and Reptile all into similar looking dudes in different colors. I mean, that's to be <laughs> fair. That, that is like the looks of the games. I understand, <laughs> but like that 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 the way that it's done is just so like. What don't do you, connect to these dudes you mean you don't like when like the cgi lizard goes into a statue and then it says reptile no, and no, he no. becomes reptile no 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 <laughs> don't misunderstand i do like it oh, because yeah. you just had to say that sentence yeah yeah um it's definitely got a lot of problems but like it's unfortunately still one of the best video game movies <laughs> 25 years later hey Jeez. we got detective pikachu you're you're right um, we need to have like a like a like an internet discussion about the best video game movie because I think it's time because I think it's still Mortal Kombat but I think it's maybe maybe it's Pikachu. We should, uh, we should we've all seen enough. Yeah. Um, let's, okay. Let's, let's make that one of our next topics before more. Realistically, Kombat. I feel like that would belong to Pause Menu, wouldn't it, Ben? Mm. Yeah, that could be a good episode, Pause Menu. Yeah. Hold on, let me write that down. Ben Brandon's like, how dare you? Video games from me. Okay. Um, yeah, we could put we could put on the main show. That's joint. Be a joint show. Stop. You can stop staring at me, Brandon. It doesn't mean is he, he frozen? Come on, pause menu. No, he's not frozen. <laughs> I know. Um, I also with Ryan and Brandon, we played a little bit of Marvel Villainous. All right, we did. Yes, yes, that was fun. That, that was... was fun. Uh, it took a long time to learn, and we started a little later than we should have for it, but uh, so we didn't get to finish it. But I think everybody was getting into the groove of it, and we kind of saw the track of what we were doing, and it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Ben, you uh, got uh, that beat for Christmas, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. About ten. About ten o'clock. We we were all we were all probably about halfway through finishing the finishing like our 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 character arcs. Yeah. And we, about ten o'clock, we're like, we still gotta watch this movie. Yeah, we gotta watch a movie. Uh, uh, yeah, that game's uh, that game's pretty cool. Um, it is complicated, but not like uh uh, not uh, what's the not word? in a way you can't you can't you can't it. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You just you just gotta learn it. It just takes time. Yeah, and I think I I think like the next time we do it, everyone will pick it up even faster. Yeah, because like, we have a base already. Yeah, uh, real cool. We enjoyed that. The other thing I did is I dedicated a full four hours of one of my nights to just doing the cider cut, just watching the whole thing end to end. Um, what a beast! What you mean, uh, air to air, <laughs> air to air? I have I have many thoughts. Um, good and bad uh yep. many many good i'll admit like many good um that seems to be the trend on the internet yeah yeah uh i think i think that the movie does a lot of good stuff uh especially for like the characters you'd expect it to do and it does bad stuff with exactly the characters that you'd expect it to do bad stuff with namely superman like uh there's there's really no comparison between like does superman have a character in the theatrical one 
versus does he have a character in Snyder's? Uh, the answer is absolutely in the theatrical and nope, no way at all. In uh, the Snyder cut, he's 100% a plot device in Snyder's. Um, and that's a bummer, but there's a lot of other stuff in the movie that really does work and works better than the theatrical version. Um, it's an interesting, it is an interesting analysis to sit there next to sit them next to each other really think about what was different why it was different how different it is and it is vibrantly different um uh the only other thing because i we're gonna do a discussion on it i have my notes so i'm not gonna go into it a bunch the only other thing i'll say is that steppenwolf and dark side and everything around those characters is so 100 percent better than the theatrical version that it alone is pretty much worth the watch uh everything about those characters and their their stuff going on is so massively improved and so much better it's almost the best thing in the film uh i it's crazy that the theatrical has such a bad iteration of it um it really is and i'm not just talking about how he looks it's everything about his character uh and everything about his connection to dark side it, it's insane it's an insane difference. They are literally two different villains. Yeah, I actually forgot to mention, but I watched about an hour of the Justice of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I only got to watch an hour because I had to take Fanny to her um, to pick up her car super early in the morning. But what I did see, I really dug a lot of it. I got to a lot of like the dark side stuff, and I was like, "Damn, this is actually pretty damn good. I really like this." <laughs> I will say that I think the first hour probably has some of the strongest stuff. Yeah, uh, from what I recall, like from, like I, the first hour and the last hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, half of the last hour. Okay, yeah. Let's let's be real. Yeah, that last thirty five minutes is questionable. Oh, it's it's a long movie. I don't remember. <laughs> the, I gotta watch it again. The epilogue is questionable. I, that's, 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 that's I don't count that part of the movie. Okay, that's, that's well part. that's that is the last thirty five minutes. So it's a thirty five minute epilogue. Oh, then yeah, then oh, absolutely. Then if I don't count that, then the last the, the last part the of the last movie hour rules. of the movie is good. hell yeah. <laughs> that epilogue's bad, yeah um there's an extended well, uh, one on on youtube did you guys see that oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah the deleted scene the, the slightly extended scene which is super weird because you kind of see how they did the the effect of the world and it's like Ugh. um no, i'm okay it's, it's no good it, it didn't make it any better <laughs> turns out we don't live in a society sorry uh, um yeah we're definitely going to have a discussion about it in the very near future uh so i'll vent a lot of my things there but i watched it uh and I'm not upset I watched it on any level. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm glad that a lot of people who hate the theatrical cut more than I do have this. Uh, I still like things about the theatrical cut. I, I actually like a few things less now that I've seen the alternative possibilities. But there's still things like I'm always going to value a lot of the Superman stuff in that theatrical cut and Danny Elfman's score um and some other moments uh but snyder's justice league does have a lot of great shit going for it it's no batman v superman it's a very different film um and it feels different it feels better it feels more like a good follow-up to man of steel than bbs did that's enough on that so we'll move on moving on up to the east side anything else oh oh yeah thank you there was one other thing i played which only one other person I know played Knockout City mm. because it had yeah. an open beta this weekend and I couldn't get any of my friends to play with me. <laughs> and so I cried. Aww. Um, 
But uh, I played it, and I had a great time. Good. I think it's really cool. I think there's a lot of mechanics. I think everybody is going to have to get over a hill with it because you're going to get your ass stomped for a while because it's very difficult to master all the mechanics. You're going to want to do other things, other moves that are your options, and usually kind of maybe your reflexive go-tos when you're playing a game when you should do something else. Um, for me in particular, I tend to dodge more often than I should try to just catch. Uh, so you're going to go through that, I think. But Knockout City looks to be really cool. The dynamic of the gameplay feels really good. It, the sensation of catching a ball and hitting a target feels like real dodgeball. It's a dodgeball it game. Feels just if you as, don't know. Yeah, it's a big dodgeball game. Um, it feels just as good as it would in real life. Like you get that like satisfaction of like, I got the catch. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the throw and you get the hit. It's good stuff, guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to its release. Uh, I, I hope everyone keeps an eye out for it because it's a $20 video game. Now that we know it's good. And I do think yep. it's going to be worth it. Um, there's a whole, they do a great job with a whole training section. Um, learning new mechanics is cut up into the different maps so that you also learn how the different maps work while you're learning new gameplay moves. Nice. And I think it's paced out very well, and it allows you to learn everything you can do in the game, and then you dive in. Love it. Nice. Okay, uh, my turn? Yes. yes. All right, I watched the entire fifth season, uh, sixth season, maybe, of Nailed It. Um, this is the, the cooking show uh, where they make the worst cakes imaginable uh, to try to win... Um, this is a season all filmed during COVID and they had double the guests because I guess that made sense to them. Um, but, uh, so it's, 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 it's tag teaming things. So it's gr groups of two instead of groups of, instead of just one person baking. Uh, very funny. I really enjoyed it. There's some, <laughs> this is going to sound, I don't know how this is going to sound, but there's a person who stacks these cupcakes before freezing them. So they're all just warm cupcakes and then just start melting <laughs> into this glob of cupcake that's covered in buttercream mm. <laughs> it's crazy uh, I found that to be really funny but uh, there's these two kids on there who might be twins might just be siblings I looked at them and I said if this was a cop show they'd be the they'd be the two suspected for banging and killing their parents and running off with the insurance money oh wow <laughs> and so because uh, they, they for whatever reason they just had that air about them um, okay. And I was, I started building a narrative of this cop show in my head. And then one of them was like, and, I, and, and I'm gay. I'm like, I'm really glad you said that because I had, I had like up to act two of your TV show. <laughs> they gave you more material. There you go. Um, yeah, it was, it, it's just, it's a good show. I like Nailed It a lot. It's, if you want to just laugh your ass off, it's a, it's a good, it's a good place to do it. I finished Netflix's Dota Dragon's Blood. Nice. Uh, I watched the first three or four episodes last time I, I spoke about it, and then I finished they, it this week. Do they ever say what Dota stands for? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's very good. It's very good. I like it a whole lot. The animation is really great. Um, it doesn't. You know, we talk about a lot like American animation ever since it ever since it adopted anime as a style. Uh, a huge increase in dead eye animation. We see it in a lot of things. We just recently saw it in Invincible. Um, Studio Amir doesn't always suffer from that and how little they do became a refreshing thing for me watching this. I was like, oh, wow, expressive eyes. This is great. Good. Um, Studio Amir, of course, they did Legend of Korra, Voltron. Um, 
two great and two great uh, TV shows. Um, the dragon designs are really cool. They deal with some dragon lore that they don't quite explain, and I, I, I don't think it's because they want you to to play the game. I think it's just something that's going to be explained later. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's a fun fantasy show, and if you want just a cool fantasy show with with awesome dragon designs and some sweet ass fight scenes with a great voice cast, that's the one for you. I'm in. All right. Uh, I'm like a cup of tea. Honestly, Ben, I think you'd love it. Oh yeah, it's on my um, list. It's like an adult dragon prince. Yes. Um, I watched Brick. I had a marathon of movies that I had borrowed from Sparks this week. <laughs> Brick's true. Brick is very good. I watched Brick, which is Ryan Johnson's first movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's a a a hard cop movie, like a hard detective movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing a, a, a detective. Um, except it's set in high school, and they're all high schoolers. Yeah, it's a high school crime noir. Yeah, and they're talking about like, oh, the VP came in a third period looking for me, and I gotta lay low. I can't get the bulls invested. And they're talking about all these hard things, and it's a it's a really good movie. It shouldn't work as well as it does. Yeah, it's it, it's very yeah, it's very like high schoolers doing very like Godfather esque like yeah, like, being treated like criminals, but like they're all like seventeen and shit. Yeah, and it's it's all it's not played for laughs. No, not at all. Um, but it's still got that Brian Johnson wit to it that we've seen in Knives Out, even Last Jedi. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I really liked it. I'm glad I got to see it finally. Hell yeah. yeah. The next three I'm going to talk about last. I read Sunstone Volume 4. I'm working my way back through the book uh, series. Volume 4 is the sad one. And um, just to give Stefan Cedric some praise, because, okay, look, this is a smut graphic novel series i won't i won't deny it but there are really great character moments and one of them the highlight for me in this book is how real it feels like when when you're not getting the right signals from your significant other or someone you want to be your significant other and and that creates a lot of butting heads and just how that can like how snowball effect into just worse and worse and worse until finally just a huge explosion and you both break up um i think that's handled a lot better than a lot of dramas would because a lot of dramas would like over sensualize it, uh, over sensationalize it. But the way Stepan Sedgwick works it, works through it, it feels very honest. And I think that's where he succeeds is his honest character work. Sure. Um, really like that volume. One more. And then I'm on to volume six. Red X Men. It's great. Ryan talked about it. Superman versus the Imperious Rex. Lex. Imperious Lex. <laughs> um, that's Mark Rothbard. Mark Russell's uh, Superman, Infinite Frontier, not Infinite Frontier, Future State, <laughs> streamline this, guys. Um, uh, three issues, uh, it just ended, so it's the last Future State book to end um, late. Uh, really fun. You know, uh, uh, Lex Luthor is a, a megalomaniac uh, dictator on a different planet called Lexor. Um, it's all tongue-in-cheek the way Mark Russell plays it. It's good Superman. good Superman. It's fun. I caught up on Shazam, Jeff Johns, and Jeff Loveness. He did two issues in these last four that I read. Nice. Um, Shazam. And I'm really bummed that that book is not continuing. And I, I I don't care if it's Jeff Loveness, and I don't care if Jeff Johns continues it. But if the reason why they're not doing it is because Jeff Johns wants to do Shazam, then get someone else on that book. Because Shazam should continue that plot line. That of course, Sure, Jeff Johns set it up, but someone else can play with it too. Um, it, it, it is a shame that they're not going to play out that story arc. 
Um, the idea is that is that the the wizard, who is not dead, um, says that someday Billy Batson will be able to reform Black Adam, and Black Adam will become the seventh uh, guardian. And the way they ha- the way they like tease that just felt really exciting to me, and I'm bummed that I'm probably never going to see it. Or just wait for the next Shazam movie where they do a big well, number well, one. Well, especially because Bendis has the reins on Black Adam now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but like, um, honestly, like, wait, for, honestly, that movie comes out, what, like a year or two? Like, they'll probably, that's when they'll probably do something else with them. Yeah. Uh, and I hope it continues that story. Because um, if, if, you know, Jeff Jones doesn't need to be the one to do it. And yeah, Jeff Loftness rules. And like that dude, like he did that, that two issue uh, uh, Justice League fill in, mm-hmm. um, like, like 50 or 51 or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, if he's co-writing that to like, cause that's usually what happens when you want someone to take over your book, they come and help co-write to get the flow of it. Then they take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a great, like, like wholesome tone that that would work for that book. So that's a shame that it's just not continuing. Yeah. He does. He does his two issues that he did that he does are really good. Cool. Um, and then I read the first volume of the complete collection of Godzilla rulers of earth. Um, obviously I was really into Godzilla again and I just finished the self-titled book, um, which was about, people trying to kill the monsters. And then this one was about, Hey, maybe we shouldn't kill Godzilla because there's aliens. And then there's also (laughs) amphibious aliens who've been on the sea floor and they're about to fight, except uh, there's also monster attacks. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so brilliant. The aliens don't have to come from the sky. They can come from below. Oh, but they came from both. Whoa, that's great. Two aliens that are, that are trying to take over the earth. It's a pincer move, like from Tenet. Um, uh, Yeah. A temporal pincer move. Jesus. Um, (laughs) And that that's a fun that's a fun book. I actually find it more enjoyable um, than than the self titled Godzilla book. Um, this one it does play very tongue in cheek. Matt Frank does the art. Um, the cast of characters is a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Uh, they don't take themselves as seriously as the last story did, um, and it's just it's just kind of some 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 Godzilla work of building lore and also. Just having, just making sure that you know, at the end of the day, we're just having fun. My only complaint is that sometimes Matt Frank can't choreograph action scenes in comic book panels. Uh, some of the monster battles just look, just I can't follow at all. Um, especially some of the underwater ones. However, uh, the second issue, which Ben talked about last week, which has the Godzilla versus Zilla uh, fight, that's the whole issue of just Zilla fighting Godzilla, it is uh, awesome completely delivers on just a really cool and well choreographed fight scene that is easy and clear to, to watch. It's one of the best scenes, but one of the best scenes and issues in the whole book. Awesome. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. I got one more volume of that run to do. So 12 more issues. Uh, so I'm excited to finish it. See what those aliens are up to. They're shapeshifters. Ooh, scrolls. Um, and then I watched the Evangelion three films, the rebuild of the Evangelion arc. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, rebuild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is 1.11, 2.22, and 3.33. Uh, and the fourth one just came out in Japan, 3.0 plus 1.0. And it's like it's like three hours long or something. Yeah. The second one, actually, the Japanese title is Shin Evangelion. Is it really? Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, that silly boy. <laughs> um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's they're really good. The first one, like we talked about, uh, it is just that anime. It's like the first four episodes of the anime. Um, some things happen differently because you got to condense the time in a, in a movie. Uh, the second one is brilliant. 
it, it, it's so cool. The changes they make. Ray has a as a I think don't, a don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. No, I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. Okay. I I would never spoil it. Well, I'm second chair. Uh, I think Ray has a much more interesting story arc in the in the fil- in the two films than she does in uh, in the show. Personally, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think the second film is really great. The third film is really is really good as well. It's not as good, uh, but hey, the first film is just kind of uh, kind of a slog. If you've seen the anime, you just kind of have looks, to get through it. It looks really really nice though. It does look really nice, and there are there are. And maybe one day we'll do a discussion on it. But there are subtle things that are that are different that when we talk about or change change some stuff that just make it oh it's not just a retelling of the first thing it's actually very yeah. different it just it's posed as a retelling of the first one right? yeah the first um, the 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 second two films are really good though and I I I, uh, I I just think it's a really cool experiment experiment to take your to take your franchise the show that you made and. Go in a completely different direction. Follow different plot threads. Do something else. I think that's really cool. I agree. Can't wait to fo- watch that fourth one. That's me. Hell yeah. That's all I got. Should we get into our bread and butter? Yes, please. Yes. We're back. Bread and butter time. All right. Uh, we got a lot of delays that happened this week. Real quickly. Oh, Better no. Delays. So we go water. Sorry, I got really thirsty all of a sudden. All right, Mortal Kombat has been pushed one week to April 23rd instead of April 16th. That is not significant whatsoever. I'm so happy. When I heard it was delayed, I was going to like, I swear to God, if this is like three months or six months. It actually makes it better for you. It makes it even better. Because now Ryan can see it in a theater the weekend it comes out because he'll be fully vaccinated. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Very excited. Oh, I get vaccinated that week. Yeah. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, was pushed from September 17th to September 24th, so not far. Oh, okay. no. Anyway. I don't even believe that movie's real right now. No. <laughs> yeah, the trailer's right around the corner. Then I'll be. believe it's real. Yeah, yeah. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, was pushed from September 3rd. I didn't know it was coming out this year, actually. To November mm-hmm. four, November 24th. Okay. It's okay. a couple months. Yeah. Uncharted mm-hmm. was pushed a week from February 11th to February 18th of next year. Jeez! Yeah. Oh wait! Oh, next, next year, next year. Yeah. yeah, next yeah. February. Uh, we talked about it a bit. Shin Ultraman, um, Hideki Anno's uh, new Ultraman movie has been pushed indefinitely due to COVID nineteen. There's no 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 current date for Japan release. Um, so, man, that sucks. I'm really excited for that. that- that movie, that movie's done though. I think it's just like practical, like CGI effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think it's just post production like, has to has to slow down. Yeah, I, considering we're, there's a new announcement that he just did, I don't mm-hmm. think it's it's super far out. No, I know. No, yeah. It just when 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 I hear the word indefinite, that sounds like never, and it like it doesn't doesn't mean that. It does sound yeah. scary when you hear it, but it normally think, just means they haven't found a place for it yet. Yeah, I think it's also like they're they in their they're not playing to the release windows that we are, you know? Um, so like them setting it in Japan, I think they're much more strict about like, you got to know your date. You yeah. don't just like play the game. So like you just pull out and when you know, then you put the date down. Yeah. yeah. You don't pull yeah. up Black Widow or New Mutants. Yeah. You don't constantly move it around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lego Star Wars has also been delayed um, from its spring release date. We're thinking winter, but they don't know yet. The game. Pretty, what, oh, okay. no, that's that's what? All the movies? Yes. Yeah, it's going to uh, be all, all the Skywalker films. 
films. All nine. Lego wow. Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. I was going to say, like, wait, there's a Lego Star Wars movie coming out? What? <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Did you guys see the um, Star Wars vintage on Disney Plus now? Has uh, some Ewok shows and the... Get, the, the Ewok Adventure, Caravan of Courage or whatever. Yeah. And then the Hide- uh not Hideki, I don't know. Um, Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the Boba Fett Christmas special cartoon stuff. That they took out of the... Uh, the, the That's so the weird to me. Special. The, the, instead of putting up the holiday the holiday special, they put up just that One animation. Boba Fett. I guess Boba Fett's hot right now. I guess just put that up. Uh, but apparently the droids is coming to that too. I'm glad they found a place to put those old those old properties. Star Wars Vintage is such a weird moniker for it. Yeah, Legends. It's vintage. cool. It's cool. Uh, in another world, Robot Chicken Star Wars, I'm sure, would show up in that vein. Mm. But you know, uh, this is Disney Plus, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. This uh, this this section is also called cancellations because the Trench and New Gods movies have been canceled. Oh. That's, a that's a big old bummer. Yeah, uh, the new gods apparently the the Warner Brothers side of the Snyder cut complicating things with Dark Side, which I don't buy at all. Uh, Boy, we, was that crappy that they said. Uh, that. Literally, what is your whole thing being about a multiverse again? Excuse me. Right, like <laughs> all the all your game of multiverse shit. Like, what are you talking about? Also, even if it's not, even if it's the same Dark Side, like all you just introduce an entire audience to Dark Side, so you you give them a movie that explains his origin and stuff. Like, I don't understand how that's a problem. Especially Whatever. since they've been so clear that like the Snyder Cut isn't canon going forward exactly. anyway. So like, like they can do their own origin and make that character even better moving forward. I'm really like, upset that they canceled New Gods. Mm-hmm. I the I trench, honestly couldn't yeah. care less that the trench got canceled. I always kind of thought it was a weird choice to make it. Um But like, like Ava DuVernay and Tom it, King, they like they are on Twitter all the time talking about how much they love writing it and working together. I'm like, that's man, that sucks. The New Gods didn't feel like one of those that was just let's throw a dart at the board uh, choices that DC's made in recent. No, nah, that was it felt like one that was like well calculated, a good decision. That book was going to be that. that I mean, that that's there. It's Mr. Miracle of the movie. Yeah, like it is Scott and Big Barda dealing with like Dark Side and, and, the, and the granny goodness and all that stuff. And I'm like, we deserve that so much. DC deserves that so much. Um, whatever. Full of bad choices this Poor week. Choice. Ava, Ava DuVernay was on Twitter just before the announcement hit uh, saying, I think Warner Brothers is going to say something about New God soon. And there was that. And that's a bummer. Yep. Womp womp. A lot of casting happened this week as well. Anthony uh, Ramos, yeah. uh, the, up, uh, the up and coming um, In the Heights actor, um, has been cast in Transformers 6, the uh, next film by the Creed 2 director. Oh wow, that movie's actually happening. I guess so. Wow, that movie's really happening. Okay. Another Bayformer. Oh uh, well. But, I mean, he's not. Yeah. He's not directing it. Hey man, like I didn't see Creed two, but but all accounts, that movie is really really good. It's good. Um, so like, we'll... you have a good director on a shitty script. No, no. What I mean is like again, like like even though it is the next Bayformer, is like it's Bumblebee. It's a new person. So like, yeah, just yeah. maybe maybe a fresh take. Is, I just is... I just don't know if I even with a different team behind it yeah. want to go back to that world yeah like you kind of soured so me on anything yeah. you kind of soured me on anything pretentiously set up so much lore has happened already yeah and i remember hate... remember the last the last night uh unicron is coming through the through the surface of the they earth ruined, they ruined unicron they ruined their coolest bad guy who could have been yeah. a giant galactus uh yeah you're right scrap it sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, just make it a sequel to Bumblebee. If you were if you were making a different Transformers film, even one that wasn't a direct sequel to Bumblebee, just something that wasn't a sequel to the Bayformers, Man. I'd be like, cool, I'm invested. Yeah. I just don't really want to revisit the world that's based in that story. Based? <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> no, nah, Michael um, makes it all over it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. Uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new show, starring Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen as Obi-Wan and Darth Vader has announced its full cast. Wow, wow, wow. Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, and Bonnie P. Uh, Bonnie P.S.C. Joel Edgerton. Joel Uncle Edgerton Owen. was Uncle Owen in episode three. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, respectively, from Revenge of the Sith, are returning. Um, makes sense. Uh, Kumal Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung, Sung Kang, who is um, Han in Fast and Furious? Han Solo. Han Solo. Um, Simon uh, Simone Kessel and Benny Safdie. Okay, so Benny Safdie is crazy because that dude is like a super artsy filmmaker. That's one of the dudes who made Uncut Gems. Uh, really weird. This incredibly super dramatic dude is in this Star Wars thing. It's really cool. It's like when like Bill Burr shows up. It's just like out of left field. That's Werner Herzog uh, in the first season. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Kumail's in the show. Uh, that dude's ripped. Everyone's like, oh, look, it's, he's Ezra. I'm like, you guys can't just keep putting characters to characters. It doesn't work that well, way. Well, they, they say that Moses, uh, the, the speculation that Moses Ingram is going to play a young Ahsoka Tano, and I'm like, no, don't. No, don't. no, no. We've got, we just got that character. Come on, guys. Uh, great cast, like uh, some Game of Thrones alums in there. Like, um, it's good, good stuff, man. Really exciting. I'm really excited for this. Um, I also just don't want Ahsoka in there because, like, she the, the it ruins rebels if she meets Darth Vader before that moment of rebels. Yeah, and anyway. and there is like people have. Well, like, she doesn't have to meet Darth Vader, but she can see Obi Wan. Mm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there is a line in Return of the Jedi uh, where Vader is like, Obi Wan once thought like you that he could turn me or something. So people are speculating that like there has to be one more encounter before before the first Star Wars movie to make them. What, that's yeah. what uh, a, a friend of us told us about what that script was going to be. Um, oh, the story yeah. behind that line, um, which, which we are speculating, had have speculated that that script became the show. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, um, awesome. So the show, will, the show will take place 10 years after Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and uh, follows the events of Anakin Skywalker falling further to the dark side and becoming the Sith Lord Darth Vader. That's all we know so far, but that's the general yeah. bits, I guess. Get some Anakin stuff. I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah um, man, that's good for freaking Hayden Christensen too, man. Yeah. Because uh, that dude, like, you know, not the best actor back then. You know, he's definitely gotten better over the years. And, like, now he can, like, I mean, he's going to be Darth Vader. Maybe we'll get some um, flashback stuff, hopefully. I want to see him actually be uh, Anakin if we can. I'm I don't... sure that there's something. Yeah, there's got to be something. Um, I hope they, I mean, they might have to like do some de-aging stuff, I guess, but like whatever. I don't know. I've seen pictures of that guy. He looks good. He does look good. He has, it's not like he was like in his like early 20s when he made that. So yeah, it's not, it's not that much. He could shave. You put a wig on him. It's not a big deal. True. Yeah. True. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder has cast Russell Crowe in a quote, fun cameo. Cool. Cool. Fun. I, with that, with, with specifically with Thor, I can't guess it's like a character because like the cameos in Thor Ragnarok are a bunch of actors doing a stage show. So like, gonna he, be like a chord. He could literally, yeah, he could be literally just some random alien and going, hey, it's me, I'm Russell Crowe. Like what? It could, I'm not expecting like, oh, he's this character. Uh, 
Yeah, apparently we weren't supposed to know about it either, and then it got leaked because he was on set. He's just, yeah, he's down there. Uh, the Flash. Also, he lives in Australia, and they're filming in Australia. I, I, I believe that he decided to show up. <laughs> hey, Russell, can you come down for a minute? He's Jane's dad. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah, sure. Throwing it out. The Flash has cast Jordan Fisher. This is the TV, the TV show, by the way. Uh, Jordan Fisher as Bart Allen, a.k.a. Impulse, um, who will in this incarnation be Barry's son and not his grandson. Okay. Uh, I think Bart Allen rules. Impulse is the coolest. He's so he's he's so speedy. Uh, He's just got such like a fun, fun, like this hyper energy about him. He's he's one of my favorite flashes. Um, Definitely like more of an older character. He's shown up recently, but like he's definitely more of like a 90s or 2000s guy. He's Um, in Young Justice. He's in Young Justice. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if I'll start watching Flash again, but this is definitely one of those characters I'm like, oh, you got me interested for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I'm I'm very interested in how they're going to do this because I thought that, honestly, my favorite season of The Flash going past season two was probably the one uh, two seasons ago with his daughter, Nora. Yeah, Nora. Uh, from the future, uh, being a character throughout that whole season. And I thought they handled that really well. I thought that was really in, something I was invested in. So doing Bart now so soon after they did Nora, I'm really interested in how they're going to handle that. Especially because it's like, uh, again, it's not his grandson, it's his son. Right, now that's his son, not his grandson kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Uh, so I hope that, that that doesn't feel like kind of going to the same well. Um, but we'll see. Harrison will? Also, the dude is very white. They cast a mixed actor for Nora, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, all right. He's he's mixed too. He's not just white. Oh, and then I saw a bad picture of them. You you must have. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Mixed. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Um, okay. The Powerpuff Girls CW show has a name change. It's now called Powerpuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, girls didn't test well apparently. Hmm. Uh, Donald Faison. HBO Women. had that so. <laughs> yeah. uh, Donald Faison has been cast as Doctor Utonium creator this of the is, this is definitely gonna make me watch that first episode of <laughs> for sure i think like we're all fans of scrubs right i'm, I'm yeah, guessing here. Yeah. yeah um like he's also up here in other things but i just know him mostly from scrubs but the like, last the last thing i saw him in the only the only thing since scrubs was skyline i'm brandon i was gonna say that 2008 bad science fiction movie skylines where they're all the you know, apartment yeah, the yeah. apartment yes most of most of what he's done lately with his career has been voice work cool 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 um yeah i think this is this is cool a different take uh He's, he's happy and go lucky so like cool uh the description reads the quirky debonair and narcissistic scientific genius who is immensely proud of the three extraordinary girls he created in his lab staring down a midlife crisis he is determined to repair his relationship with his now adult daughters cool okay Cute. sounds like a cw show mm-hmm. and the nicholas podany podany has been cast as Mojo Jojo Jr. Yeah, baby. Uh, Joseph Jojo Mandel Jr., as he is uh, known. Oh my God, what? Is a kid, the the nerdy, power-hungry, insecure... uh, So as a kid, the nerdy, power-hungry, insecure Jojo, uh, that's what they call him, uh, was obsessed with the Powerpuff Girls. Despite his father's grudge against them, as an adult, Jojo finds his sweetness and rage in constant battle. So is he like... A kid that the monkey adopted? Uh, I guess. That's a good question. I did not think about that. So is this going to be like a regular human wearing like that cap? That's what I'm thinking. Is he a monkey? 
He cameos. I he's don't like, think he's a monkey. I just don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's a monkey. No, it's gonna be like um like who shows up on Flash? Is it like a uh, uh, the gorilla gorilla grad? Yeah, like it's just gonna be like they're gonna have Mojo Jojo show up sometimes, and then, but his human kid like yeah, I adopted him. I'm not a villain anymore. <laughs> oh my god, that's wild. But I hate Mojo Jojo. Problems. Mojo Jojo dead? You think? How long do monkeys no, live? He's a super he's monkey. A super monkey. He's a super monkey. Okay. His brain literally extended. I'm not saying he's dead. I'm asking you, do we think he is? No. That would be that would be very CW of them to have him have a dead dad. So like, yeah, my dad's dead. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, look, I'm, shit right there. I am still into this. I think this sounds really fun. Mojo Jojo has probably been one of the biggest things I'm concerned about. Like, how are you going to tackle it? Because he is like half the DNA of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is the fact that he's, this is not turning me off. I'm just yeah. like, yo, like drop the other shoe. Where, what are we doing here? He's there from like the get go. So yeah. 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 Uh, Dr. Utonium's first creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I continue to remain like suspicious of how they'll handle the villains, yeah. you know? Fuzzy Lumpkins. I whether wonder, whether it's classic or new, I, the villains have yeah. a look, and I don't want to see like villains that I would see on the Flash on Powerpuff. Girls. I wonder. Yeah, they're probably going to create new villains, but like, how do you, man? How do you create something new and iconic like him or, or like uh-huh. Mojo Jojo? Like, in man, it can't be all their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him seems eternal. Yeah, yeah. He's a demon. He's yeah. Satan. <laughs> okay. well, I would love love to see him in the show that's good i would love to see him if it's not just some uh non-binary dude in a trench coat like if you go for like the demonic look with the claws and like go for it that's that's my thing is i'm like i'm really nervous the show's gonna pull its punches on the appearances of these Mm -hmm. figures yeah yeah. and i'm like you can't you gotta you gotta go you gotta go i do not want to see i do not want to see things that I would see on all of the CW shows. I yeah. don't want to see those interpretations of how they like this for the CW television show is how I do this comic book character. And I'm like, that's fine. They're all based in being humanoid at least. Yeah. yeah. But these villains are not <laughs> like hit. Okay. So quick tangent. You did you guys see that meme about a uh, little Nas X's new music video? Hell yeah. About it's people. A great, it's, a, it's a great song. You should listen. It to is. It. I, I saw the video. It's really good, but I love it when people are freaking out. It's like, um, you do realize like they pull up a picture of him from Powerpuff Girls. It's like, you do realize this is like one of our favorite villains from one of our favorite kids shows growing up, right? Chill the F out. No, yeah. of course they don't. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little Nas X for him. Oh, that's, that would be actually really funny. Yeah. That would be really godastic. Yeah. He got the boots. He got the I, boots. He, he rock those does have the boots. He You're right. Boots. I thought of it while I was watching it. I'm like, you know, this is what I want. <laughs> He, uh, uh, like, I don't want to see the amoeba boys just be people. Yeah, no, they um, gotta be. Amoeba. No, they gotta be amoebas. They gotta. gotta be... Don't get mad at me, Ben. No, no, no. I'm no, just no. saying what I don't want to see. Hey, stop. All it. right. Anyway, we know that the Long Halloween is being adapted. Batman: The Long Halloween, a two-part animated movie. Um, yep. Now we know the cast. Uh, this is going to be directed by Chris Palmer, who is the director for Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Um, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. That's really good. I really enjoy that movie. Um, and Tim Sheridan is returning to write. Um, real quickly, I just want to say what I think is really cool about like Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, World War II, or this, is they're, going, they're not going to the same well of directors. They're finding people from different art departments throughout animation 
to to do like to put a different spin on these animated films yeah. even though they have a similar visual style i think that's really cool and put, bringing a lot of new uh fresh voices to the franchise yeah. that's smart uh, yeah a lot of those dc animated movies uh, a lot of them good but like directed by like the same like three people yeah yeah uh, uh, but these so far have not been so that, i think that's cool right on yeah um they have also announced the cast jensen ackles who if you may, may recall did a long time on supernatural also in red also red hood uh and batman red hood mm-hmm. uh we'll play bruce wayne slash batman that's so moving he's on got an upgrade Troy Baker uh, is going to play the Joker. Cool. Not the first uh, time. No. Uh, he's really good as the Joker. I'm glad he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Naya Rivera, uh, who is unfortunately the deceased actress from Glee, um, mm. finished her bo- finished her voice work before passing on Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Oh, yeah. She she is good for that role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she passed away in July, if you don't remember. Um, Josh Duhamel will play Harvey Dent. Which I think All right. Cool. He's got like a chin for it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Billy Burke uh, from uh, Twilight, uh, Bella's dad, will play James Gordon. He's even got like a mustache in it for it. Beautiful. Titus yeah. Welliver will play. Uh, I know this is in live action. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like all these characters, like I'm just they work. He's really gonna me. sound like he's got that mustache. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Titus Welliver from Lost will play Carmen Falcone. David Dosmalkian will play Calendar Man. Uh, oh, this will be the third DC character he's played. Yeah. Jeez. Um, Amy Landaker will play Barbara Gordon. Uh, Julie Nathanson will play Gilda Dent. Jack Quaid as Alberto. Uh, I don't know who that is. Fred Tadas. I know who Jack Quaid is. Uh, oh, yeah. Fred Tadasiori. Sorry. We'll play Solomon Grundy. And Alistair Duncan will play Alfred. I think Alberto is the guy who works for Harvey, the guy with the glasses, who's also working for Salvatore Mor- Moroni. Cool. Carmen Falcone? No, 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 no. Salvatore Moroni. Oh, I guess he is supposed to be in this movie. We'll see. Um, there's other people in the cast, but they don't have character names uh, as far as we know. Uh, so, cool. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jensen Eccles is also in The Boys now, right? He's in the new season he of The Boys? Be, yeah. he man, he's, man, he's he's really he upgraded. That poor he other guy. Is. Thank God that he's getting work in Escaping Supernatural. Man, yeah, somebody has to. Because the other <laughs> guy got, got Walker. Oh God, he's just gonna. What's you know what the reality is? That dude will probably just star in like a supernatural spinoff that's just about him. Yeah, look, probably. Look, Jensen and Jared could never do anything else with the, for their rest of their lives and be fine. No, that's no, that's because like they true. don't need to work. That's and not so what I Jared mean, though, will like. Jared can just take shit if he wants to. I'm just he saying. Need it. Jensen is starring in one of the the most popular television shows of all time, and then the other guy is he's playing Walker on the same network. <laughs> on the same network. Um. Yeah, uh, I think everybody knows. Cool. Everybody knows that one of them was prime cut talent, and the other one was like available. Available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Um, uh, I I think this is really cool casting, and I really it's the same animation style that we see in Man of Tomorrow and World War II. Um, so I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. Once a um, once upon a blue moon, just to remind everyone, Jensen Ackles was also although. We now know that a whole lot of people are on this list. But Jensen Ackles was one of the people pursuing Captain America so for those films. Wyatt Russell, uh, way back when, was too. And now yeah, he's yeah. evil Captain America. Yeah, how yeah. funny life is. So that means Jensen Ackles will be in the MCU soon, right? 
Honestly, give it enough it's years. Very, yes. It's very funny because I remember when it was happening, they did this cute nod to it because they were like the team was hoping that he was going to get it because they were nearing the end of the original five season run. So there's this one bit where they're exploring a house and he pulls down a helmet that has an mm. A on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Because they were like, if it happens, this is going to be real cute. <laughs> and Brandon, real quick, you said this is a two part thing, right? Yeah. Cool. That that the long Halloween is is good, and you don't you can't cut out dates. Those are important no, to the can. story. No, you cannot. And uh, that's, that's my favorite Batman story. So, and I'm like, cool. Look, I've been waiting for this for a good long while. Yeah. Uh, Jensen Eccles, uh, jo- uh, Joseph Krasinski, John Krasinski, John Krasinski uh, was also auditioned for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Peele's next movie. Don't know what it is. But we do know it's cast Stephen Yen. Cool. Yay. Uh, I think that's cool. He's a good actor. Jordan Peele makes good movies. Cool. Really uh, hope he wins an Oscar. Stephen Yen, uh, Minari, right? That's his movie that yeah. is in the Oscar buzz? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also on Walking Dead, Voltron, and currently Invincible. Yeah. All right. Some comic book news. John Romita Jr. is going back to Marvel exclusively. Oh. Uh, Going to be working on a secret project in July. Cool. Last time he was at Marvel was for Marvel versus or Marvel Avengers versus X Men, right? Oh yeah. Then he went to DC for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to DC for a while. Because one of the because I remember one of the big selling points for uh, a Superman jumping on book was I want to say Superman thirty something New Fifty Two stuff. It was when Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was because I. I want to say that was the last thing I remember seeing John's name on was for Avengers versus X-Men. I could be wrong, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but he's been ex- uh, not exclusive with DC. Um, I don't think, but now he's exclusive with Marvel. So it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. That dude, like that dude has seminal runs on characters. Like in, you know, he, he's been doing it for decades. Like, you know, he's, he's an icon. Uh, yeah. you know, just like his dad, right? Um, my problem with him as of recently, he draws a lot of very similar faces and, you know, that's not always a problem, but like, the image, like the promo image that was released, uh, could have been a little bit better. I'm just saying, if it's going to be your big image of you coming back, some of those faces were real. Like, I didn't put the effort. Uh, but hey, <laughs> I'm glad he's back. He has a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, run. Uh, there's something behind you. Ben, run. Ben, run. We got cameras. See if we can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Run, which is the going to be the sequel to March, John Lewis's March. Um, oh, we've read as a book club at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll read a part of it. You read a part, part of it. <laughs> we, we did a jog, yeah. The, the first book will be released on August 3rd. Um, and we'll go into the years after the Voting Rights Act were passed. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was really glad to hear this announced mm-hmm. because, um, not long after John Lewis passed away, I was looking around like, do we know? Did he finish Run? And we still don't actually know. Nobody has clarified if he finished it. Uh, but he certainly at least had more than the first book because it was supposed to be a full new trilogy. And they're calling this book one, so I have to assume book two and three are coming, but we still know nothing about it um, because he'd been working on this for the past couple of years before he passed away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, was, was going to ask the same question. It's like... But he, because he's passed. How long? What has it been since he passed away? A couple months. It hasn't been a year, has it? No, it hasn't been a year. It's it's okay. been like about six, seven months. Okay. It was in the pandemic, and it could be two months or eight months. 
dude, dude that pen, this pen. everything's blurring together it sucks yeah um aftershock comics has announced a new ya imprint called seismic press it's a great name um it's going to be uh for ages 12 and 18 and will launch with a book called rainbow bridge from steve orlando and steve fox with art by valentina uh brancati so Norse mythology then? No, it's actually about a boy who lost his dog and then go and then accidentally gets a rainbow like opens the rainbow bridge to like the doggy afterlife and then uh, uh, goes on adventures with the dog, uh learning courage and things. Actually sounds really on. sweet. Hold yeah. On. Are you actually fucking with me or is it No, that's serious. That's no, this is re- yeah, that's real. Um I think this is awesome. Uh Aftershock is one of like the best like publishers of, of straight weird genre shit. Um, like kind of what Image used to do before, and now Image puts out just literally everything. They put out so much stuff. Um, but like them just focusing on kids and like, hey, we want to tell the same stories, but with kids. Um, I think that's awesome. Like kids, kids like can like comics too. Like not everything has to be geared towards adults who love gore. You know, they're going right, to. I'm sorry, um, I doubted you. That's okay. They're going to, to repurpose some older books that would fall into this into this line as Seismic Press. Uh, so when they reprint those books, it'll have the Seismic Press logo. I love it. I'm I'm glad that that they're successful enough that they can do something like this. Yeah, me too. Um, other books will launch in 2022 from Richard Ashley Hamilton, who wrote How to Train Your Dragon, the the books, and Ted Anderson, who wrote Orphan Age, the book. So, all right, cool. That's cool. Marvel Comics, for some reason, has delayed Predator. Every Predator project will now come out in November instead of July or June. Sorry which was weird nobody knows why they did that from when to when i'm sorry uh July june to november that's, that's kind of a long time maybe like five months maybe the reception of alien was so bad they're like this predator book has to be effing good delay <laughs> it and redo it maybe i hope so um because that uh the i was really excited for that and uh they've not only delayed the title but they've delayed all the marvel versus predator variants and all of the dark horse reprints that they were going to put out all delayed. Wow, man. Yeah, it makes me. Mm, it could still come out. Yeah, comics, or is that Predator movie much closer than we think? Ooh. Oh man, you think they'll actually oh. they'll just be like surprise? Wouldn't that November? Be, wouldn't that be insane? That I mean, they were on it for like years, and like it's done apparently. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Did they say it was done? I thought it was he was just working on it. I think it's done. I think it might be done. It's it's almost like one of those small ones that they film. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be crazy. That'd be great. Spider-Man Life Story. We all read that for a book club. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, Mark Bagley are returning to the book. Spider-Man Life Story Annual will come out, which will focus on Daily Bugle editor-in-chief J. Jonah Jameson and his efforts to prove that Spider-Man is a menace. Mm, love it. So it's J. Jonah Jameson uh, Life Story. Basically, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, that book rules. Um uh, from from Zdarsky's Twitter, he's like, "Yeah, this is a story we wanted to tell in the book, but just there wasn't enough time, so we get to do it now uh, in an annual, which is you know do- a double sized comic book. So uh, cool. Sweet. More of the story is great. Always good. Hundred yeah. percent. All right, Killtopia. Uh, Sparks, you want to put this one in? Yeah. Uh, this is a a Voltaku project. It is the is a new uh, company. Um, that is a hybrid studio specializing in virtual production and game engines. Uh, this is going to be the first animated project, their first project in general. 
uh, based on Dave Cook and Craig Payton's uh, book series, comic book series. It's all a cyberpunk setting. And the reason why this is crazy is it's all, it's an animated show made with the Unreal Engines. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, okay. That could be either, that could be really good or really bad. Right. It's very good or really bad. Yeah. That's doesn't immediately make me excited, but it's cool that they're trying something new. That's that. They use the Unreal Engine in in the volume on the Mandalorian. That's the Unreal Engine. That's like that's like backgrounds and stuff though, but like not like yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this will be written by Phil Phil Gallet, who uh, did Love, Death, and Robots and Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, mm. directed by Rurari Robinson, who did Last Days on Mars and the Europa Report. And yeah, as Spark says, it's the Unreal Engine. It's gonna be eight episodes. Yeah, it's a cyberpunk comic series. So I'm into that. We'll see. I'll wait for a trailer. I'm very, I'm very intrigued by the setup. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Shin Evangelion, Shin Ultraman, and now here's Shin Kamen Rider, which was announced this week. Hideki you... Anno, uh will be returning to his Shin genre. Different company again. He's gone. He's going through all the all the companies in Japan, being like, "I can Shin this if you want." The question is, is he going to them, or are they coming to him and going, "Can you Shin for us, please"? Like oh you know what God. I'm sure it's actually that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Cayman Rider, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a Power Rangers thing, uh colorful bug masked people riding motorcycles. They're superheroes. Hell yeah. Um Hideki Ano is developing this reimagining from the ground up, much like he did with Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman. Um, and he and it's gonna be released in 2023. Yeah. So I don't think they would make that announcement if they didn't think the Ultraman was coming in at least the next year. Yeah. Could, you, could you imagine Shin Super Senkai? Actually, just do like, like Power Rangers? Like actual yeah, yeah. Power Rangers? Yeah. Uh, God. Make it super dramatic. Oh my God, that'd be so good. <laughs> Make it body I mean, horror. So, uh, he's, uh, yeah, Shin, Shin Gamera, I hope, is next as well. But just keep going. Every long-running yeah. Japanese franchise, just Shin it. 100%. That'd be like Dragon Ball Z. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh, we're going to talk about a, a movie a movie in the trailers that's that's a, another stepping stone into that Dragon Ball Z movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but that's cool. And then, look, I like Hideki Ono a lot, as we all do. So, Adam Wingard is going to direct a new feature film adaptation of Thundercats. Ho. I don't believe it. Uh, David Cogshall has already written a script and Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, who wrote The Guest, uh, will uh, rework it. The Guest rules. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess the success, success, I guess, of Godzilla Kong, um, and they announced like, yeah, we're going to do a Thundercats. I, I do not believe it until I see it, because mm-hmm. while Godzilla and Kong are crazy concepts, a bunch of cat people is a way crazier concept. Uh, I will believe it when I see it. I don't care if scripts are made. It's easy to write words. It's hard to make movies. A Thundercat, a Thundercat adaptation, a Thundercat film adaptation has been the works for a very long time. I believe it has, but also um, I'm still looking at cats. I'm talking about. Interestingly, like- the interview Adam Wingard talked about it, and he's like, "I'm looking to to really like bend the gap between between cartoon and CG," uh, and I'm gonna try very hard to stay away from cats territory <laughs> okay good good 
because uh, I've I not I I've not seen the movie, but I have seen the trailers, and for me, the trailer was enough. Look, here's the thing: cats could have looked good in the sense of like being CGI things if they did the CGI properly. Uh, you know, they did all just dancing in regular clothes and expected the animators to animate over it perfectly. Yeah, like it's, oh, okay. they they set themselves up for failure. Okay. Why do we keep giving this guy musicals? Because he made one good one 20 years ago. Uh, I I am intrigued, but I also have seen director after director leave the Flash, so we'll see. That's what I mean. Like this is one of those properties that's like so big. Like we've seen director after director leave Thundercats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Thundercats. I feel it's definitely my, one of those. Things. Oh. Go ahead. Thundercats is one of those properties where you have to be like a huge Thundercats fan to like to do Which this. He says he is. Which I'm cool. I'm all for it, but I'm with Ryan on this one. I will. I do not believe this is real until a trailer comes out for it. Then I'm like, cool, this is actually coming out. He will. He will do this after the Face Off sequel. He's also working on. All right. No. It's either the trailer or the Entertainment <laughs> Weekly cover shot. One of those two things has to happen. I'm like, cool, this is real. He's making Face Off. He's making Face Off. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think he's got a good. He's got a good directing tone. Like the tone, I think that works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Death Note, notwithstanding. No, no, but like the movie he just made, and then like the guest and your next, yeah, yeah. like that was a blip. He blipped. Uh, this is just kind of for me. This is kind of a. Uh, I really like the company Leica, um, who mm-hmm. does the stop motion animated films. Coraline's most famous one. I've loved all of their movies. Um, they're Why working can't this on this. For everyone, everyone likes Leica. Yeah. Not as much. I apologize. Perhaps I'm misremembering that nobody's seen these movies. Um, Okay, so I'm just remembering Ben having just seen Coraline. Got it. I have seen (laughs) all of these except for Missing Link. You'd like Missing Link. Um, They're working on a a sixth uh, stop-motion anime film currently, um, but they they haven't told us what it is. Oh. They say, say, wait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they did Kudo on the Two Strings, right? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, that's my favorite one of theirs. Okay, cool. Uh, Kubo. But now the news is that Travis Knight uh, has said that they are going to work on their first ever live action film. Mm. Um, they're going to break away from stop motion animation for at least one film called Seventeen, which they purchased the rights from. It's a, a to be published book uh, by John Brownlow. Uh, this is his first book. Uh, Travis Knight has uh, faced in Laika to do a, a live action adaptation of it, which is interesting. That's really cool. Like, uh, Travis Knight did Bumblebee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, like, all of, like, his movies are really, like, fun and inventive. Like, like, I, like a live action, like, cool adventure. Like, that's that, that's really cool, like, doing live action. That's going to be, I wonder what that story is going to be. I hope it's, it's definitely not going to be boring. That's, that's cool. Yeah, uh, it's definitely interesting because they've, you know, they built themselves up as they were trying to. That's like the Pixar of stop motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to like be like this is like Pixar. It's exactly be Pixar being like we're gonna do a live action movie now. Yeah. Um, instead of just live action parts. Watch it just be like a, a drama about a farm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we needed something easy. Yeah. Or someone who uh-huh. really into that Stevie Nicks song. Oh, <laughs> Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. Oh, that's a movie too. It's yeah. yes, the song is like the movie's like based off the song. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was just a coincidence. Okay. Um, Knives Out. We all like Knives Out. Ryan Johnson's Knives Out uh, is getting a sequel, as we know, and it's also getting a third one because Netflix has purchased both of those to be filmed movies for wow. $450 million. Wow. 
That's almost half a billion dollars for two Knives Out movies. That aren't filmed yet. Oh my God. And Ryan Johnson, like, I can't even imagine that phone call. Like, yo, bro, can we buy your property for like half a bill? Like, what? How do you even like process that? That's crazy. The saddest thing, the saddest thing to me about this is that it's going to be a very long time before I can put the rest of the Knives Out films on my shelf. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Especially if they keep the book motif for the. Yeah, because they the had this books. beautiful steel book. Like it looks like a book mm-hmm. mystery book motif, uh, uh-huh. and that's probably out the window. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Half a bill. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm stoked that we're getting two more knives out. I hope they're just as good. Uh, they, yeah. I mean, it's probably way too early to tell, but Johnson is going to write and direct these new movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were like they were clear like Benoit Blanc's in all of them. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. more please, southern uh, accent daniel craig please no i was gonna say please have a different accent i i think people are talking about like different titles i think the different title thing people are on to i don't think this one will be called like knives out too i think it'll be like like death of the nile like there's like a yeah. Different yeah. yeah 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 i don't think it's gonna be like spoons out but i kind of wish it would no. sporks in <laughs> all right trailers we're in the trailer park yasuke a new uh, animated uh, anime uh, Netflix series. So Ryan, I'm so excited for this, you guys! Okay. Oh my gosh! Okay, Ryan, the way you were move, move, the way you were like doing this is moving around. I was like, are you, are you okay? What's wrong? No, yeah, I'm brushing off how cool how cool it okay. is. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Keith Stanfield is the main character. Yeah, it's about cool. the uh, the first Black Samurai or the the only Black Samurai. I don't know, but it's like somewhat based on a true story, but introducing like mythological elements and like Oni and demons and shit. And like, this looks great. The animation looks great. Um, I, I got uh, it's coming soon. I'm excited. Yeah. Shadow and Bone. Mm. This is the one where I saw like her doing the like key thing that she does. I'm like, oh, we're getting like a like a couple of years from a Dragon Ball movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> From like yeah. a good Dragon Ball movie, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you put Brie Larson, you put Captain Marvel, Aquaman, Mortal Kombat, and this together. You basically got one. Yeah, man. Um, man, I'm just I can't even think about Dragon Ball Z live action because I just I just think of what we got and I'm like never again. <laughs> that looks um, like a Wanda's Wanda's powers that the Kamehameha in that. Yeah. Um. This looks like a pretty cool, like, like dark fantasy thing with powers. Um, it's based off a young adult series. I probably won't watch it immediately, but like, it looks good. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks, like it looks fine. It's got it looks cool. Jigsaw in it from Punisher. You got a. Yeah. Uh, it's I like how you got like a mix of like of like Victorian fantasy was, but also you got like gunslingers and stuff. So it's like a mix of magic swords and guns. Mm-hmm. So it's like this nice harmonious harmony between all three things. So I'm like, eh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. But then you got like, I will, no matter where you are, I will find you. It's like, oh, there's that YA trope that that's in every single freaking thing. Yeah, it, there's a certain moment where it's like, oh yeah, this does feel like one of those. But like, you know, it's the not, it's not the romance, thing. it's the romance subplot it's, that it's the the romance, fantasy it's the really uh, highlights a lot of times. Yeah, but what's yeah. that that old lady from? I know I've seen her before. The one who goes I, the work begins. I also thought I was like I recognize her from somewhere and I couldn't tell you Ben. Uh, I'll look it up. It, it that's because I saw. I was like I know you from somewhere, and what I saw you from, I really liked you in. But I don't know where. I don't remember it. It's bugging me. I'll find it. Don't worry. Rick and Morty season five. Also, cool. the release date for Rick and Morty season five is June twentieth. 
more Rick and Morty. That's awesome. Still haven't seen season four. Still haven't seen Snake Jazz. Really need to do that. Uh, season four is on HBO Max if you have yes. it. Yes, it is. Still need um, to do that. I, I was watching this trailer and, and I, you know, I was remembering Solar Opposites, which I enjoy. And I remember Lower Decks, which I enjoy. And the others, Rick and, the other Rick and Morty knockoffs that I've seen and, and enjoyed. And I'm watching this trailer, I'm like, man, you know, I know that fandom is really insufferable, but nobody does it like Rick and Morty. No, yeah. they don't. No, not you at can't, all. Yeah. You can't, they can, they can take the, the aesthetics all they want, the tone all they want. Nobody is Rick and Morty. No. That girl, that lady is from Harry Potter. She's one of the ladies in Harry Potter. Um, that's one? at least where I recognize her from. Uh, I agree about the Rick and Morty thing. Watching this trailer, I'm like, man, there are just some jokes that like just no show does or even tries to accomplish. Um, it, it, it is, and when they try, it always falls short. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, the reason Rick and Morty is as popular and welcomed by everyone as it is, yeah. yeah. But Those you can only like clones. it, only like it if you're an intellectual. Oops, sorry, okay. sorry. Guess I'm out. Oopsie, oopsies. Um, uh, like watching all these other Rick and Morty knockoffs and and like enjoying them, and you just go Rick and Morty is like, they try, but they yeah. don't succeed. There's nothing like the original. All right, Star Wars: The Bad Batch coming with a 70-minute premiere episode. Ooh, nice! Really excited for this. I love the Clone Wars animation. I think this looks awesome. Yeah. Um. So they're they're working for the Empire because they're still using clones. Uh, to finish off the Separatists is what it looks like. Well, it looked like to me that. Aren't, aren't Clone Force 99 on the run? I think I mean, eventually, but I mean, we're seeing stuff early on, I imagine. Oh, right. Like like where Tarkin's watching them, where we're seeing them attack battle droids, things like that. I don't think those are flashbacks. I think that it makes some sense. Palpatine couldn't just wave a magic wand and say, because the Jedi are gone, also the war is over. Convenient, no. You gotta he still had finish to, it. He had to still, for face value, finish the war with the Separatists, even though he knew the leaders were dead and all of that stuff. Uh, he had to he had to win the war. Yeah, so I think we're going to see that like that very postulating winning the war. And I guess yeah, like the bad batch like at the beginning is like, well, like we still work for the empire, but then like they're bad. So like no, we got to we got to we got to renegade. We got to kill our bros. Well, it looks like the empire tries to get rid of them because they're defective. Yeah. They are defective yeah. clones. They're they're unreliable. Yeah. Um, so the empire yeah. is like get rid of them, and they're like, ah, uh, no, screw you. We're the bad bitches. Uh, yeah, the animation <laughs> looks like. Every every show continues to look nicer and nicer and better and better. Uh-huh. And like some shots in the show, I'm just like, man, this looks like, man, I, this look, I watched this in a movie theater. This looks real good. Um, yeah. I'm so excited. And it's like a mini series thing. So, you know, like they can really focus on telling us a, a solid story. Um, yeah. Can't wait. When is it? May 4th? May the 4th be with you? May 4th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. May 4th. Beautiful. Yeah, it'll be, that'll be a good time. I'm, I'm very interested in the idea of seeing how the Republic shifted just after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Propaganda. Well, the Empire, you mean? Uh, yeah, but I mean, like the Republic, the Republic at large. Yes, it becomes the Empire, but that again, like that's they changed the title, but it didn't just become the Empire overnight. Sure. So, how did it move from the Republic? I mean, all right, the Wrath of Man, new Guy Ritchie movie with Jason Statham. You, Boy, did I, this look sadly I, generic. I do not believe Guy Ritchie directed this because Guy Ritchie, even if I don't like his movies, at least has style. And this looks so boring and generic. 
I really like his movies in general. Like I've talked my praise to the Sherlock Holmes game of shadows all the time. Yeah, but like yeah. the gentleman is awesome. And, and I'm watching this and I'm like, the guy Richie directed this. Well, Man. for every, for every, the gentleman and for, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes, we have to get a King Arthur and Legend of Excalibur. No, no, no. Again, I mean, King Arthur might be bad, but that movie looks incredible. And the movie has a visual good. style. This movie does not look like a Guy Ritchie movie. This looks like random director number seven directed this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it. And also, like, it doesn't help that I think I'm just over being able to get any enjoyment out of Jason Statham by himself, spear leading. Like, I don't. He's in, if he's doing the same thing, I just, I'm over it. I've seen it. I'm yeah. done. Uh, and then to have the film around him be this, like, what you expect movie. I'm like, I don't care. If it I've wasn't, seen it. I've done it. I don't care. If it wasn't for the cast, this screams straight to DVD all Ooh, over Ooh, Jason all Statham over shot two guys sitting in chairs on either side of him without looking at them? Why do I feel like I've seen that before? I don't care. Yeah. Josh, I don't care. Josh Hartnett's in it. I like him a lot, but I'm not going to see it just because of him. So, um, the Nighthouse, new Rebecca Hall horror movie. Ooh, this looks this spooky. Looks... I like it. I yeah. like Rebecca Hall. This looks creepy. Uh, Just like... I really like the shot where she makes the person face and the person face turns. Like, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something to do with either like like a mirror dimension or like just like a mirror version of yourself, and there's like a lot of mirror imagery going on. This looks really cool, and it's like it's like a low budget movie that does some cool stuff with camera work. Uh, I'm I'm totally down to see this. Same. Yeah. Uh, Zola, Sparks, you put this one on here. I mm. did. Um, I I can't exactly tell you why. I think uh, that that I wanted us to watch this beyond the fact that I saw people who know people in the industry who are like. You're going to want to watch this movie, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to want to watch this movie, apparently, guys. These are This is coming from Voices I Trust, uh, including Maggie Mayfish, who, who we all enjoy. Yeah, this... uh, but but even people who are who know the people who've worked on this. And it's an A24 film, so I'm willing to trust them because that studio rarely lets me down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it never has let me down. Uh, apparently, this is something to keep an eye out for uh, in in terms of indie film storytelling. So... There yeah, you go. it's it's about. I'll make sure it's on your radar. It's about a, a couple young girls trying to make some money, and how it's a white girl and a black girl, and the white girl is definitely acting not how she should be acting, and how that is going to influence the movie, and how it's living in the digital age of like influence and like your image, and it looks to be really intense. Uh, I've gotten a little bit of pushback before when I've said that the movie looks like crap, so I'll just say this trailer was crap. Okay, I really hated this. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, this definitely this reminded me of movies like like Spring Breakers, or there's a movie that mm-hmm. came out called Alpha Dog, which is about a bunch of young people. Uh, it's got uh, the, the speed racer kid. I forget. I always forget his name. Emil Hirsch. Yes. Uh, and just in Timberlake, and that's a bunch a bunch of young people who become criminals, and really bad shit happens. Um, so I got vibes from that. Um, I I definitely if there's hype around it, I believe it because it looks like it's talking about like some serious issues and stuff. Um. I'm probably not going to run out to see it. I'm <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's more the kind of thing where like every every uh, bastion of my Twitter that I tend to have, which is a lot a lot of like hard awareness, like be, oh yeah, recognize this thing when it comes up. Says you're going to want to pay attention to this movie drop. Doing my due diligence, but yeah, apparently yeah. pay attention to this movie drop. So uh, I mean, I, I trust you, and I trust the people you follow. So sure. Spiral Spiral from the Book of Saw. How does our, how does how does your partner feel about this one, Brandon? Did you show her this trailer? Yeah, she's really excited. I'm also very excited. Me too. 
I I recently watched all the Saw films, if you recall. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, um, I'm really excited for it, but I'm kind of wondering, like, if you're not doing Carrie Elway as the as the as the killer, why are we doing what are, what what are we doing? Because um, it's like the cult of it's supposed to be the cult of uh, of of a jigsaw. Yeah. And like Carrie Elwes was the head of the cult of Jigsaw at the by the end of the move of the franchise. I think the I think maybe and it might not be the spoilers, case. Spoilers by the way for anyone who hadn't seen the, the last Saw, Saw films. Yeah. Uh, but mean, like it seems like like Sam in. Jackson Sam Jackson says like oh copycat killer. So like it might just be that just so they can make another Saw movie but make like an interesting one. Um yeah, like, I wanna, I'd like to see the continuation of the of the cult of Jigsaw. I would like to see like the cult of Jigsaw is the ones doing this, not the yeah. because they get really protective. The, the the whole idea is that like if there is a copycat, we we killed the copycat because they're they're not they're not uh yeah. right they're not right for this. I mean that that could be actually the plot of it. Like somebody's trying to do it, so it's going to bring back the old cult. Like we're actually we're in charge again, and it's yeah. a new franchise or something. They have they been clear that this this every previous Saw film is canon to this movie? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. I guess yeah, it could have been a Halloween twenty eighteen oh, situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're like only one and four. No, because Jigsaw's <laughs> dead and that happens in like one of the later movies. Right. Well no, I, he, he dies actually pretty early. My like my four. point being my point being like you could do a thing where you said only one is canon and yeah the jigsaw killer died, but it's not the same circumstances mm, yeah. of the later film. I just wanted to know if that's what we gotcha. were yeah, yeah. dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird because Jigsaw is also kind of a, this, uh, like a soft reboot of the Saw franchise and then trying it again. So. And that only came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I have more faith in this one, though. Jigsaw's crap. Yeah, this one actually, like, Chris Rock's actually, like, acting, looking good. Yeah. Well, it feels like this is trying to grab an audience that maybe has never been grabbed by the Saw films before. Or or has jumped ship. like, like Or jumped ship a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. The the person who's like me who liked a single Saw film, the first one, and then didn't watch the others except for one, and was like meh. Yeah. Uh, then then this is the film that for me. Yeah. Uh, the the as uh, watching all eight, I do miss the. Hello, detective. Yeah. <laughs> I will miss that. Batman. It's time to play. <laughs> um. Yeah. Who knows? They made two Saw video games. Did you know that? Yeah. Did. They're, they're puzzle games where you die if you yeah. die, if you lose. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. Finally got a look at, at the new Space Jam movie. Oh, I was gonna do a bit. I was gonna I was gonna do a stupid bit where I called it Ready Player Two. Come yeah. on and slam y'all. Uh, ben, I don't think I've ever hated Ready Player One more than in this moment for making this shit feel standard, um, <laughs> which I do hang on that movie's head. Uh, F that man. Uh, <laughs> uh, all the stuff that, in one thing. Everything that's related to the Looney Tunes, I really like. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of it. The 2D animation is vibrant and gorgeous. The 3D animation looks great, and I love that it's a gimmick that they're changed when they go to a different area. Cool. I'm sold on that. Looney Tunes look good. Love it. Love it. And then there's everything else. Hey guys, did you see Mr. Freeze in his in his code? How funny is uh, that? I the saw Clockwork Orange, Clockwork Orange guys. Jim Carrey's the mask. I didn't saw see him the second time. Saw him. Yep. They'll they'll because they made a big deal about it. Warner Brothers took out Pepe Le Pew, you know, famous uh, gross gross skunk man. Uh, but leave front and center the Clockwork Orange boys. 
some of the most violent, most deranged that's because, characters. That's because they know that most of the audience isn't going to notice or care. Yeah, because Pepe Le Pew's actually a present character. That's just funny. So that's the thing. Because like when I think of the Clockwork Orange guys, I think of a guy with a giant dildo killing somebody. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's for so, sure. It's just like wow. And then you see King Kong. It's like oh, yeah, basketball. <laughs> I think the I think the problem there. You like if I really wanted to dissect the Pepe Le Pew thing. Yeah. The problem with Pepe Le Pew. Is that they made a he's scene not, in? No, he's not villainized for his actions. Oh, okay. At yeah. least Clockwork Orange, they are. Mm. Pepe Le Pew is treated as look, he wins in the end. He's always the protagonist of his own ventures. That's fair. that's the problem with him. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's fair. Um, that all all that being said, if I were a kid, I think this looks really fun. Yeah. Like honestly, like like I like not caring too much about basketball, like. Again, I trust Don Cheadle. That kid, that dude, maybe just needed a new pool or whatever. <laughs> like everybody I, did the pool. I, I am, I am here to say, like I, I'm here to to critique these things, but I hope sincerely that children like this. It is for the demographic. Um, yeah. we, we are not the target audience. And it's, look, Space Jam is a crap movie, so I'm yeah. not even defending it against the original Space Jam. It is. Um, it is. The Looney Tunes yeah. back in action is fantastic. But I'm a huge fan of the Looney Tunes, uh-huh. and like. I would. I, I. I. find it strange that we that we felt like in order to make a Looney Tunes movie, we had to cut and paste a scene from Ready Player One into our movie. Yeah, and is that just them like coming to the stadium to watch the yes. game? That's not yeah. even like a pivotal scene. It looks like they're all just like we're just gonna go watch the game and it's gonna get. Messy. I can't. I can't even tell you like how much I am bored with the concept of of them spending so much time deciding who's in the audience and money. every single shot. Like <laughs> I'm like that there's an Easter egg or f- 15 in every single shot that you see the audience in the background. And I'm like, what a waste, what a waste of distraction and bullshit. Because when we first heard about this, I think we all assumed that these characters would be playing, they would be playing basketball. Like I, I made it, I think I said in another podcast, like I thought I was going to be seeing Voldemort do some mad dribbles. Like I thought that's the game we were playing. It's Looney Tunes versus Voldemort and like other Warner Brothers and Scorpion, like doing some stuff. <laughs> Like, that's what I thought we were getting. And then it's just like, they're on the sidelines. I'm like, then why? And, and you know what? If you're going to do a goon squad, like the the evil team, and you're not going to do the Monstars again, then you make those characters other Warner Brothers IP, like the bad guys, other, yeah. other Warner Brothers IP. Like, why do we need to make them some generic, weird, I don't know what that what they're supposed to be. Michael Shannon, Zod, and Voldemort, and they're playing basketball together. I got to tell like, you 100%, like, if they are not, I know they don't, all look like him but if they're not all like alternate versions of lebron i don't even know what we're doing yeah like that's the only reason i can see to justify the choice oh the the bad guys yes yeah uh Mm -hmm. if they're not that then i don't i like why are we here because they just look like like bad like x-men characters like they're always like i'm the fire one i'm the water one like at least the monsters had motivation and personality personality (laughs) and characters and these are just like I have a power set. There's elements. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, say what you would about the original Space Jam. At least the original Space Jam was kind of original where these monsters steal the talent of real-life NBA players. That Look, was cool. Every, everything about Space Jam 1 that works is about the Looney Tunes versus the Monstars themselves. Those yeah. characters interacting is what's working about that movie. That movie's Michael a giant, Jordan is the problem in the movie, that movie's not also those characters. Uh, a giant commercial. It is. Uh, so is this commercial. one for yeah. all of Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a commercial for HBO Max. Um, oh, yeah. Is all it is. And it's uh, look at all the things you could watch if you tune into HBO Max. Batman, right Superman, World. 
Wow. Member um, Game of Thrones. We Member uh, Daenerys and how she will, got her character ruined. I will say <laughs> that LeBron James uh, looks to be uh, giving a shit as, other than rather than Michael Jackson's wooden acting. Yeah, I think Michael, I think Michael Jackson. Whatever. <laughs> I think I think uh, LeBron James is bringing something to the table, which is nice to see. Um, I want to be optimistic, and I want to believe that the logic of this movie is that the reason why it's even somewhat purposeful to have the other Warner Brothers IP in it is because Don Cheadle's character calls the Looney Tunes the rejects. Mm. Uh, so I hope that the story is that all the other Warner Brothers IP also thinks of the Looney Tunes as the screw-ups, the unnecessaries, the worthless. And I hope this is about them proving themselves in the eyes of all of Warner Brothers IP. Mm-hmm. And if that's the story, I'm here for it. I if it's like basically it. Jason Siegel's The Muppets for the Looney Tunes, I'm here for that. I'm here for that story, and I'm okay with you using the extra IP to make that story hit. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that's what it is. I'm not confident that's what it is, though. Come on, it's like, uh, I mean, but I want to dream that it's going to be that. I mean, that, I could see easily see like Bugs Bunny like doing some sort of speech. He's like, "Look, if it wasn't for us, none of y'all would be here." True. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think it needs to be that necessarily, but I know what you mean. Like, mm-hmm. I just I want that exact same sensation. Like, no matter how much it has lasted or worked since then, Jason Siegel's The Muppets film was a meta commentary on how people have forgotten about the Muppets that also in the same token was about the Muppets revitalizing themselves in the world mm-hmm. and the movie literally doing that for the Muppets in the, in reality. Right. I want this to do the same thing for Looney Tunes. I want it to be that thing where like everyone can care about the Looney Tunes again and they can move forward with marketing them better in the future and do mm. projects with them again. Yeah. It's about that in a meta way. I mm-hmm. want it to be that. Uh, I, I love that about Jason Siegel's The Muppets. And I hope so because I now I'm just thinking back of a, in a time where the Looney Tunes were everywhere. It was awesome. Even though I knew these cartoons came out in the 50s and 60s and 70s, I loved watching the Looney Tunes on Nickelodeon. There was like an hour long block of them, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching Looney Tunes. Leave me alone, bro. I can't, I cannot tell you how much I would love for there to be a moment in this movie that made me like cry the way uh, the Muppets did when Kermit says that they lost the the studio so they're done no one will care about them anymore and they walk out the door and there's the whole audience that's come who's so happy that the muppets are back doing a show oh. and i just mm-hmm. uh, 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 <laughs> and i want that in this so i hope i really yeah. really hope yeah really hope zendaya has been cast as lola bunny good nice. for her cool. she's, uh, she's great they're definitely taking that character in a different direction than she was on the looney tunes show when she was voiced by kristen wig so that's fine oh I, that is very different uh yeah she's she's a psychopath on that show but i wonder if she's gonna have like um uh uh, mj vibes like spider-man vibes where she's kind of like more chill i hope so black widow had a new trailer unexpectedly yeah uh do you guys like that avengers theme yeah wanna do you want to hear it hey do you guys forget for black widow remember that she died you guys yeah you think that this is going to confuse some people no i think they it looks like it takes place after no they specifically made this trailer for people who would be confused yeah 100 percent. because this shows like this is before you knew me before my past and it shows the literally the moment that she died and i figure most people watching this movie would have seen endgame so like uh the 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 the, the epilogue and prologue aside of the tra- of the trailer the middle stuff i think is really good yeah i'm really jones for this movie 
uh the family dynamic stuff seems to be like really good like like david harbour and uh what's her name uh rachel rachel Rachel, Rachel um with a w but you pronounce it with a v uh it all seems to be really cool uh we see a little bit more taskmaster uh uh, ray winstone's in this movie and he's talking to a new azir like oh i I, I hate taskmaster um no i didn't know he was in this movie yes it's like a surprise um yeah, I. It's definitely one of those situations where, like, I think the best version of the Black Widow trailer was the last one they made before COVID happened, and uh, and now of course they have to remarket the film because it's been moved and everything. It's been so much time, so yeah. they had to make this trailer. But I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, I was sold with the last one. I didn't need more. But it wasn't it's cool. There, there. What the only most of the new footage was of a young, young her, young with Natasha the blue, with, with the blue, blue red hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this was a reminder for like the regular people, like, hey, it's we're still alive. Yeah. Excited. Uh, the Suicide Squad had a new trailer. Didn't the last one came out last week, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's make sure. Yeah. Who Who would have thought that the Suicide Squad would already have two of the best trailers of the year? Dude, <laughs> not gosh, me. Gosh darn it! In a one-two punch. This uh, I can't. He needs to make a Green Band trailer for theaters. So he was like, "I'm going to make it different." So. I, I think this one's even better than the last one, to be honest. I, yeah. I, I Certain jokes, I think, landed better. Not that the other ones were bad, but it's like, <laughs> Peacemaker, I cannot wait to watch this movie. So John Cena can be I like... I can't wait to watch that show. God, yeah. Uh, the, the line of, of the trailer for me, it's like, your name's Peacemaker. Yeah, and I'll kill every man, woman, and child to get peace. And I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I cannot wait. And James Gunn is such a... He's such a good filmmaker, but he's made... The last couple of movies he made is PG-13. But Slither and Super are two of the most violent, gory movies uh, you could possibly make on an indie budget. So I'm so stoked that like people are going to watch this Green Band trailer and then go watch the movie, and it's going to be so... It's going to be so violent. And King Shark's going to be ripping people apart and stuff, man. Oh, man. In the beginning of this trailer, we get some Peter Capaldi dialogue. Yep. Yeah. So that was cool. Love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a, a, a lot of the same footage, some, some more footage. Um... Yeah, man, it looks it looks like a winner. Like I don't know what to say. They showed a lot of footage. It's good. I I was told before. Now it's like, dude, you're killing it right here. Right here. They can't release another trailer because it's only three months away. I can't do it. I don't think they'll do it. All right. Finally, the Mitchells versus the Machines has a new trailer. This uh, uh, looks awesome. The style is really really cool. I, I love that it's like. It's not Spider Verse, but it's like it has like comic booky pop out stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's out there. This, this is definitely another situation where like I like the last trailer a little better. Yes. Um, overall, but there's also, still there's still good content. I didn't yeah. care for like the robot opening of this trailer, uh, but all the family stuff yeah. I'm really into. This, yeah. this trailer is three minutes long, and that's always a sign of like movie trailers yeah. like make them two minutes. Like three minutes is it goes a little long for me. I think you're telling a little too much. Unless um, it's going to be your only trailer. Unless it's your only trailer, but yeah. Uh, this is this is going to be the only trailer. That's what Netflix does when a movie's coming out. They yes. release, they release only one trailer for the month that the movie's coming out. Right, but I yeah. mean, but I mean, if it were going to be the only trailer ever, and it's World not, trailer. because there was the one before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm still, still stoked. Like, uh, uh, Lord Miller, those guys rule. Like, uh, I can't understand, I can't see this being bad. Yeah. Uh, I I wanted to point out uh, not about this movie um, Suicide Squad Uh, everyone's talked about it I love Harley's jacket Mm -hmm. the evolution from daddy's little little monster to kill clown live fast (laughs) kill uh, clown yeah kill clown (laughs) Uh, 
love it. I'm so glad that she has this full arc that we're seeing through the movies as haphazard as they have been to get. Yeah. Uh, love it. Yeah. But yes, I'm very excited for Mitchell's versus the machines. Uh, all right. And that's it. Do we want to get into our main topic? Nah, let's just go to the book club. Okay. Well, y'all, there's been Freddy versus Jason. There's been Batman v Superman. There's been other verses that are Frankenstein subpar. meets the, uh, the uh, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> That's not really versus <laughs> Alien there's versus Predator. Uh, Alien versus Predator, yeah. And there's been uh, Civil War, Iron Man versus Cap. Yeah, yeah. But Godzilla versus Kong might be the best of the showdowns of the major protagonists. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I would I would probably agree with that 100%. So real quickly before we get further in, full spoilers for Godzilla vs. Kong. You don't want to know the outcome of this epic rematch. Uh, definitely skip ahead. There is an outcome. There is. It's not, it's not a lame draw. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, 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 Sparks, uh, Ben, what do you think of this one? No, no, I want to go last this time. You guys go first. I'll go oh, first. You guys. Okay, cool. I I... Much like the other Godzilla movies, I don't care about the humans, but the monster stuff is really good. In fact, I do think, upon reflection, uh, I think this is probably my favorite of the monster fights in all of the movies. I think it is the most well, the the best shot. Uh, I think the the monkey parkour is so good. Uh, it just feels like two dudes fighting. Like it doesn't feel like two monsters. Like it feels like it feels real, which is a weird. It feels thing like to say. two dudes, but also two monsters. But also two monsters. Like I, like it feels like a real fight that's happening. Like I, I, which is a weird thing to say about special effects. But like I, I believed everything about the fights. I, I, I found the humans. To, to be at least they weren't super dramatic like the last movie i thought that to be to be kind of a dull roar um the length was great two hours is, is just fine for this movie human suck monsters great that's all these movies right <laughs> as, as i've said before no, uh, no, no that's the it's the winner it's the uh, as i've said before uh all the monsterverse films are under two hours not so that's by not, much so that's not true because i looked it up which one is isn't uh both godzilla movies are over two hours long Really? King of the Monsters is two twelve. That movie is way too long. Two twelve. Wow. Yeah. Should be two, yeah. under two hours. Yeah. The only one that's under two hours is this one. Kong Skull Island's a flat two. Okay. Well, that's the same thing. Um, yeah. Sparks, you already said what for your initial thoughts. Do you want to say more? Oh, you mean because I said it's best? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll say more. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks better than this movie has a right to. Oh yeah. And I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. We're, we'll talk about human stuff for sure, but um, not disappointed about the fight. Definitely not. Uh, some of the, not only some of the best fight stuff for monsters, but also hands down, I think we'll all agree the best night kaiju fight I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I could clearly see everything, and it was so colorful. Yes, it helped to have like neon buildings and stuff, but like that was a choice, and it worked. It worked really well. Oh yeah. I'm very happy. Uh, yeah, I as I've said, I really love Kong Skull Island and Godzilla 2014. I think those movies are excellent. Um, I still don't know if I if I I still don't know like what exactly my opinions are of King of the Monsters, but I can tell you this: I like this movie a hell of a lot more than that one. Um, oh, yeah. I thought this movie was a blast. And uh, now, Ben, you wanted to go last, and I know why. 
Yeah, I'm the outlier. I think I like King of the Monsters more than this one. Hell yeah. My God. We called it. We called it. How the hell did you guys call it? We just for, we, we just were all sitting figured. there at the end of the movie and we're all like, man, pretty good, right, guys? Yeah. Really enjoying the high of that fight. And then I was like, Ben's gonna hate it. He's gonna not, I, I don't hate the movie. He's gonna, he's gonna come out of it much less than us. It's for always some reason. And it's, it's not, always gonna be like one particular yeah, thing and that it's you not, just uh, can't get past. It's not anything specific, but it's just always like when generally when us three are unanimous about something, you're the outlier for some weird reason. It doesn't make any sense. It just happens randomly. The thing is, I it's not the human stuff. I don't know what it is. It's just that as I was watching this movie, I just wasn't as interested in it. I mean, the once the fights actually start, like when it's Kong versus Godzilla and the three-way fight between Kong, Mecha Godzilla, and Godzilla, I was like, this is some good shit. I really like it. I really thought it was I thought those parts were good. And yes, it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It's just I don't know why, but parts of me was just like, I'm just like, meh. I well, see, I thought when Mecha Godzilla pushes Godzilla's head in one building, then another building, then the third building. Yeah, no, yeah. that was cool. Uh, that was cool. Like, okay, so like, uh, Ryan right, was about to say something. I was like, uh, Ben, I, I, I similarly feel that way uh, about the human stuff. Like, I generally like one half of, of our protagonists. I, I actively don't care about them. Just mm-hmm. straight up, they could be removed from the movie, and I think the movie would be completely fine without them. Um. Uh, the monster stuff, on the other hand, it is so good. It supersedes any of that human stuff. Because again, what's the movie called? It's not called Let's Talk About the Humans. It's Godzilla vs. Mm. Kong. And yeah. like, this is way less human stuff than the last movie. And I think it has even better monster stuff than the last movie. So I'm just shocked that you find that this one's less than the last movie. I find it shocking. Now, Godzilla movies often fall within a spectrum of things. There's either Godzilla 1954 or Godzilla Final Wars. I realize those are the first and last. But really, though, that's a good spectrum, and then everything kind of everything kind of falls in between. Either Absolutely. trying to be more of Godzilla 1954 or trying to be more of Final Wars. Yeah. Now, Godzilla 2014, I love because it's trying to be more Godzilla 1954. Mm-hmm. Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, I have an issue with. I don't know exactly what it is because they're trying to be both. I can't quite. I don't know. I know what it is for me. It's because King of the Monsters tries to be the big and bombastic stuff while also being super dour and dramatic while not having fun with it. Yeah, and then. So, like, I always prefer the more, like, the more approach of the 1954. As I, for whatever reason, that's just the Godzilla films I like the most. Mm-hmm. However, that does not mean I do not enjoy a good monster brawl. And boy, did this movie deliver on that good-ass monster brawl. Yeah, I don't know if Final Wars is the other one I put at that spectrum, because I think Final Wars actually has, while being completely goofy, some of the most, some of the best character stuff to get invested it's in. It's my favorite. That's why it's my like second favorite Godzilla movie because uh, I care about. And there's those definitely guys. other Godzilla movies that are hokier that are like the characters, the human character stuff is like, yeah, okay. Uh, so I don't know if Final Wars is necessary, but I get what you're saying. Um, uh, I mean that movie. Yeah. That movie has everything in the kitchen sink in terms of a so, Godzilla. Movie. So this movie, this movie made a choice to be about the the fight, which. Yeah. I would say is overall the right choice. It certainly is like what should be top priority. The fight needs to be good. Yeah. The monsters need to be cool. The fight needs to be good. It needs to look good. Everybody needs to be hype about that battle. That worked. That happened. They made that top priority. Great. Uh, Everything else became an afterthought. And like, we know that there's a lot of stuff that's cut out a lot of character, human stuff that's cut out. 
and yeah, he says this is his preferred way because he decided that that stuff wasn't worthwhile. Totally, I can agree. I I, don't, I certainly don't want to be sit, sit there and be bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I'm sure I would be more interested in the humans if I had that extra material, like the fact that the dude controlling Mechagodzilla is Sarazawa's son being explored yeah, okay. would have been a cool thing to do. That is the... I can't it's believe... in my notes. I can't believe they just throw so, that away. I no, watched... No, real quick, Ben. Sorry. Real quick, Ben. Uh, so I watched that movie, again, earlier today. Uh, so I've, I've seen it twice now in two days. Um, and I had, the t- I had the subtitles on because I wasn't quite sure if I heard it the first time I watched it. We all did that because we were all sitting yeah, here yeah, together yeah. and watching it. And we all heard Sarazawa, but none of us really wanted to question it. But we weren't sure. It. All of us went... Okay. So so so, let that slide. so watching so I saw this the thing is Ren Sarazawa I'm like huh <laughs> sorry Ben no because I had I was I this heard him thing. say the thing it's one of the things <laughs> I heard him say Sarazawa and I was like don't tell me that's Ken Watanabe's son like the, his character's son I'm like please don't tell me that is it so just please don't well, and then don't. We, get the, we get to the well, credits and then it says Sarazawa I was like it has to be him. The thing it is, him, and I just think it's like you could have had this great, this great little plot line of this one guy being like, "I joined you because my dad spent his life; he died studying these monsters, and essentially he blames Godzilla for killing his dad." You yeah. could have had something, you know. And yes, human stuff sucks. I hate the human stuff in this movie, but you could have had this kid, this child, this child who's who knows his dad followed and studied Godzilla his entire freaking life. It's like, yeah. let's build this machine to murder him. I, and then I, it's just thrown away and he dies so unceremoniously. Take it's a breath. Dumb. Take a breath. No. I so and I'm I'm only gonna make this comparison. I do not mean in terms of quality, but I mean in terms of filmmaking. The fact that the director told us that there's three hours of footage that he filmed that are not in the movie. You can see that there's plot lines and there's character stuff that have just been removed from the movie that make it worse. There's an entire plot thread about uh, I don't know anyone's names uh, names of the characters in this movie. Alexander Skarsgård's character, that doctor, he has a brother that is a plot point of look at my missing brother, the Hollow Earth, all that shit. None of that's in the movie. Like there's so much clearly cut stuff from this movie. And again, it's 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 the tricky line of like I don't care about the human stuff, but I needed more of it to make me care about them. It's the weird line with these movies. Mm-hmm. So I've talked. Talk, MonsterVerse has an issue, has an issue in their their few movies of having uh, of making believable human characters. Max Borenstein writes this one, and he has now written uh, three because he wrote Kong Skull Island and Godzilla. Um, so I imagine there's a lot more character work there that he did that was just cut out because that, that's what you do in editing. It's crazy to me that the same same guy like did the character stuff for, for Kong Skull Island because I think all those, again, but it's also like a different setting. It's like the 70s. It's a different director. Like I think that was just like You're a having sweet, to less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, here's, the here's, here's, here's the challenge that I think this movie had. You can't be under two hours, have a satisfying battle between Godzilla versus Kong and have human characters With pitching for both teams. Yeah. You can only have them pitching for one. We have both. Now, one of them is, I would argue, better than the other, uh, which is Kong's. Um, specifically, there's one human story in this that I absolutely love. It's the deaf girl. Gia. Very obviously. Mm-hmm. She was uh, so There good. is no problem whatsoever. In fact, I'll even extend it to Maya Hansen. Uh, I know that's not her name, but Maya from, <laughs> oh, Iron, from, Man, Iron, Man from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, I'll her too. Those two, not a problem in this movie. Yeah. I'm invested in them. I get why they're there. They function for me. I care about what's happening to them. Yep. Uh, that's good. 
they're solid. It's uh, Skarsgård, such a good actor, wasted. Um, the bad guy's daughter who shows up to babysit. The, the bad guys, uh, mm. uh, wasted. Um, and Millie Bobby Brown and the kid from Deadpool and Brian Man. Tyree Henry. Man. Wasted. You I want know. to cut out a character. You cut out that kid from Deadpool. Kyle Josh. Chandler. Josh and Kyle Chandler. Oh, and uh, Kyle Chandler. All the Monarch. Honestly, I forgot he was in the movie again. Again, like so, they cut up so much Monarch. Like Lance Reddick shows up for five seconds. That dude's an A-list actor and he's cut from the entire movie. So here's here's the thing. What really, what I really needed to be invested in about the human stuff, I didn't need them to go discover Mechagodzilla <clears throat> the way that they did. I could have just been following the bad guys. That should have been where I was learning about Sarazawa's son. Yep. Instead, what Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler really should have been connected to what I wish was in this movie was more lore exploration. Mm -hmm. I wish that they were telling me more things because I'm just meant to interpret about what they're learning about the hollow earth and the history of their species as they go. And that be connected to Monarch because Monarch needs to be involved because Monarch's always been involved. And this is the least Monarch has ever been involved. Yeah. Kyle, Chan Kyle Chandler's whole arc in King of the Monsters doesn't really matter in this movie because he's because he's like hard on okay godzilla is is killing us now and mainly bob brown is like no he, he's not his arc from the last movie should have been like you're right sarah Zawa would have believed that yeah that, that he that godzilla wouldn't turn on us i i agree just just the handling of monarch in general is poor the fact that they're just so hands-off doesn't make a ton of sense also alexander skarsgård's wearing a monarch uniform in when they go to the hollowed earth and i'm like i'm so confused about who's working for who where when yeah rebecca halls with monarch yeah and like i forgot about that the first time i watched it but the second time i was like oh right she works for monarch this but is a monarch act, operation but they act like there's no communication between them and kyle chandler which makes no sense what are we gonna do say man um that was one of my problems with this movie because there's a line in the trainers like there was a war in their last two standing i was look of like a flashback or even in King of the Monsters, they bust out all these historical decks, texts, uh, cave paintings, all this cool stuff. It's like, yes, these monsters have shown before. This is what these ancient civilizations... kingdom for that prologue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here is some, like, here's what happened. Like, just something, as in... Because all we get, like, the only thing... I, okay. Let me... So at the end of King of the Monsters, we get like the little tease. It's like, it's like there's paintings that Kong and Godzilla are going to fight. That's We knew this movie was coming. And I was like, cool. Why? I want to know. There's and it's really cool. And one of the things I what's really cool shot is like Kong's throne in Hollow Earth when he puts the axe down and you get that outline of Godzilla. I'm like, that looks cool. Why is that there? It's his recharge station. I think, I think like uh, and I guess again, th there's so much stuff again, like that, that could have been in this movie that explains all that stuff. What they gave us it, to me is like they're just they're they're ancient rivals and like this is the charge station for his weapon that goes to fight his enemies. Well, like, just, so what's weird about that thing is and look, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the the human stuff because it is the weakest stuff and that's kind of where we get our, our most of our content. Yeah. Um, but the the weird thing is there's a power source in the Hollow Earth that like sustains it that uh, that that uh, Apex wants. And when they get there, it's conveniently the same place that Kong lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that was weird to me, where it was just like, you know, it wasn't like a glowing sun, like you're seeing in, like, Dinotopia. It would make or, more sense if it was, like, Godzilla's domain, because that's where all yeah. the energy and stuff. So, so, 
because it's all open to interpretation and there are no right answers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that there's, there, there's window for more of a symbiotic relationship of being the alphas between Kong and Godzilla, mm. because there's almost a reverence. I'm putting the Kong species solidly in a predator area here. My friends, they're very tribal. Okay. They have their rituals and they build things out of the radiation that Godzilla species is based on. Uh, they are Godzilla is the purest king of the monsters because he comes from the purest energy source that keeps all of the Titans going in the hollowed earth. Uh, that is core to the earth and it's core to Godzilla. Mm -hmm. The Kong species on some level probably respects that to a degree. Um, and that's why there's a carving of him. It's not necessarily that Godzilla is their prey, but more that there's a, a mutual understanding and respect. Not to say that they don't clash. They certainly clash. Oh, that's uh, right. He takes but, the axe out of a Godzilla skull. Yes, but that doesn't mean that they, they always literally are out to kill each other. Right. Yeah. They're just like, um, they're both, yeah, they're both the, the top dogs on, on in the park. Right. One, mm -hmm. of the, one of the things I wanted to mention a little bit ago um, is that in in King of the Monsters, I'll even accept I'll, I'll accept the human characters a lot of the, a lot of the times more than the monster characters in King of the Monsters, because like Kong Skull Island, I think King of the Monsters has a colorful cast of characters that are just kind of fun to, to follow. Um, uh, Kong Skull Island much better, but but it, it's it's nice that it's not just a wooden Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's a bunch of people that are just colorful and fun, and you just enjoy watching them. There's nothing of that in this movie, but it got a similar a similar amount of cast. It's just I don't care about anyone's personalities there except maybe Brian Tyree Henry who gets much, a couple laughs. Much like the Hollow Earth, I think this movie's kind of hollow to be honest. Like yeah. it is, it is again like bringing up like the, like the Snyder Cut. Like that Justice League is a is a truncated version of what that movie is, and that's this feels like the most streamlined version of how do we get to the two guys fighting each other? Yeah, because but you have to have the humans because there wouldn't mm -hmm. have been more monster stuff. You see all the monster stuff. Yeah, it just would have been more human talky stuff. Yeah, and I'm not saying we needed all of it, but I think we needed more of it. There, there was apparently like because I looked it up like a, like a lot more Hollow Earth stuff, like where they spend a lot of time like just hanging out in the Hollow Earth, and maybe you saw more monsters there. But again, it's not really adding to the movie. No. Well, and I think, again, like, just directed in the right areas. Like, we should have had stuff exploring Sarazawa's son. We should have had stuff exploring the lore of the Hollow Earth. We didn't need uh, the team to go to where Mechagodzilla was. Yeah, so one of the big the big things about this movie, because, like, I, I, we're, all, we're all fairly positive on it, but, like, a lot of people seem to be, like, the question is, are we looking... Are we looking too much for an MCUification of this? Are we looking for, even though it's a monster verse and they've set up a cinematic universe, do we are are we are we expected to have all these answers solved? Like, you know what I mean? Like, can't it just be a Godzilla Kong? I say no because it's a shared universe and they built to that stuff. I don't think you can just be shallow just to be because to avoid stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's a good a good argument. Um, I think the the I think the other thing is like to put it bluntly, I don't think you can ask for putting out the budget that you're putting into these films and expect it, as many more people to see it than would see like the the guys in suits lower budget japanese godzilla films oh, yeah. i don't think you can ask that of the audience and not be bringing more to the table 100 percent. and like again like i think the marvel movies have shown like you can have big blockbuster spectacles kong even, skull island showed it even, again kong skull island like that is that is like the one outlier for some reason like it it has the great characters and the cool monsters um maybe i'm happy to see the skull crawlers back in this Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Apex has had a bunch of them. That was pretty cool because they were using them to uh, to test on Mechagodzilla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mechagodzilla looks really cool. Um, or it's it's weird that like they use like a, a a bone thing to connect to it. Like I'm, 
Again, it doesn't have to make sense. It's stupid. It's comic book shit. Like, I'm not here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that like I buy all the bullshit logic, all the bullshit science, but for some reason I can't buy the energy thing where they take a scan of an energy and all of a sudden they can reproduce that, it. No, that is bullshit to the extreme. Like then, that was the too far for me. No, that one is that is like the laziest thing in this movie. I can't believe they they could just yeah. bring it back with them. Yeah. I, okay. Not only that, I thought that was like hold up you can if you just need to scan it then you can recreate it i thought they need to harvest it that's what they went to the heart the hollow earth in yeah the first no they place. had to go there and harvest it so that they could scan it once they scanned it then they were duplicating it back up top oh, man, technology that's, baby. that's how mechagodzilla well, okay. got it it's so, so crazy. my whole thing is like when you i at first when before it's revealed that the that a sarazaro son was piloting mechagodzilla in the skull of king Ghidorah. At first, I'm like, okay, cool. So it's like a mental unplay, kind of like a kaiju, or not kaiju thing, like Pacific Rim in a way, yeah. where you have to, where it's like you're using your mind and you're piloting this this uh, robot. That's cool. And then it's like, but when they, it's re, it's revealed that it's the skull of King Adora and um the guy who does the podcast, I forget his name. Um, Henry. Thank you. He's pretty much, and he's doing, and he's just like going at a hundred miles an hour. Explains like, oh, they had to do it telepathically. I'm just sitting there going. Okay, slow down. What? I'm How? just my thing is if you have the technology to build a mecha Godzilla, you know, like you can make a giant cool ass robot. Why do you have to make it so complicated with a neural uplink with a dead monster? Why not just build a giant robot to fight the monsters? And I, then, why, why not just do Jet Jaguar? I'm not saying then, like yeah, it's Godzilla. But, I get it. And also, okay, so I had an interpretation. And I was remembering back to like the original Mechagodzilla, Terra Mechagodzilla, that movie, right? That was the second movie, yeah. Well, what was the first one? Where Mechagodzilla Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla? So I'm trying to remember that one because that's where they say that, yeah, we took the aliens, took the bones of the original Godzilla and built over it. Yeah, that makes no. more sense. No, no, that's a, that's a Millennium one. That wasn't the oh, original. That was a millennium one? Oh, okay. the, the millen- so, yes, Mecha- you got it confused. Mechagodzilla okay. was in the original Showa era, was built by aliens but not from the bones of the original Godzilla. The okay. bones of the original Godzilla were used by G-Force and Godzilla against Mechagodzilla to build a new, to build a Mechagodzilla. I thought yeah. that's why Terrence, Terrence, uh, sorry, uh, Charles Dance, Charles Dance was selling mm-hmm. the, the skull so they can do that to use like, that's but they're, it's weird that it's not even in the robot. It's like a side no. of the robot. It's, but, it's okay. So when the robot goes like crazy, I'm thinking is like, is this like King Ghidorah possessing Mechagodzilla? Yes. That's how yes, I read it. it. And yeah, I was it like, is. 100%. I'm wow. cool with that. That's stupid. I love it. Again, I buy all the bullshit science except for that yeah. energy thing. That was the one. That was the one that's too far. Yeah. I want to say that just him doing this through the hollow earth. It's cute. Love it. I, I want to say that uh, I really like the sci-fi design of this. Uh, we talked about the Mecha Godzilla design is really cool. The herves look awesome. I yeah. think I really like the design of those things. Yeah. Technology is taking some big leaps in this universe. But yeah. I'm here for it. hundred percent. Like it, we have to keep escalating if we want to do more crazy monster stuff because we can't just have it. I mean, I guess you could, but you, you know, you have to escalate things. So, like, to get further along, we have to have crazy gravity gravity uh, ships that are from like the Matrix and you're going through portals and shit. Like, it's wild. This movie, that's a, this movie hits a point and it gets cool. I buy it because it's another five years after King of the Monsters. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. been it's every Godzilla film has jumped five years, and that like I buy that Monarch. We keep getting more money to make cooler shit. Yeah, and, and the dome around Skull Island that has projectors to create an atmosphere. So, yeah. it was probably it was probably a blinking and missed part in the opening credits, which I do like the opening credits of this move of like all the Godzilla movies where they're showing 
Yeah. Well, not just that, but they're showing like snippets of like of stuff that's happened in like uh, classified documents or whatever. But it hypes you up. Yeah, it hypes you up. But um, so how come Skull Island is surrounded? I mean, I know Skull Island was surrounded by a storm, but how so come then, the storm moved yeah. into Skull Island? So they they said in the line in the film, the storm got out of control and closed in on itself. So all of Skull Island got consumed by the storm that had been around it. Okay. And it killed it killed and all it's the... a permanent storm, but that storm moved in and mm-hmm. it killed all the Iwis. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why the deaf girl's the only one left. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no why of it. It was just a natural phenomenon. Okay. And it's already well, a weird natural phenomenon because it's a permanent I mean, storm that had like yeah, a barrier around from, Skull from, Island. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like Skull Island is it kind of, I, I don't know. I just don't like how Skull Island is kind of just like swept on the rug. But I mean, yes, Kong is now in the, on the Hollow Earth. That's cool. But at the same time, it's like Kong and Skull Island, they go, they're hand in hand. Well, I like, I do, I, I, I do kind of agree with that. I won't, I won't push back too much about, about that one because I do like Skull Island as a setting and it has been such a mm-hmm. Kong staple for so long. Um, but again, it has been a Kong staple for so long. So maybe there's something new. Yeah. Um, Kong has been stuck in a, an endless cycle of going to New York and falling off a building for, for 45 years or longer. So doing something different is kind of cool. Um, my, my thing is I'm a little bit more confused about what the hollow earth is because we yeah. see it in Kong Skull Island. Not really see it, but we hear that the skull crawlers are from the hollow earth. Um, and we're led to believe in that movie that it's like, just, like Skull Island just has kind of like caverns and that's like the hollow earth. Uh, and then there's the Atlantica scene in King of the Monsters where Godzilla has this temple built to him. So that's not the hollow earth. There's another hollow, hollower earth. It's well, like four? Center, it's like center of the planet. It's can't Journey to the planet. center of the earth. It's like, yeah, or, you take the caverns till the dome giant atmosphere in the middle, basically. Yeah. Or it's, it's like that Ice Age movie where the dinosaurs are still alive. I don't what? think the sea place, I don't think the sea place is tied to it. But I, lower reasons, I don't know why. But because that's in the ocean, I don't think that's tied to the hollow earth stuff. Well, they say they, they have like a bunch of things where they're talking about like this the ocean like engulfed that, like it, fl- it flooded after the fact. There might have been like an air pocket or something that humans lived in. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, so like they, they talk about a lot in the first three movies that the humans worshipped these titans, ain't like they they roamed the earth. And we read some of the comics about where the titans were here before us, uh, absorbing radiation um so like the there was a moment where the titans coexisted with humans and then in this movie it's kind of like well they all they all evolved and and became like came to fruition in the hollow earth and then branched out and i think that's yeah i I, going to sparks just like i think that would be interesting if like kyle chandler's character monarch was exploring that lore of where that all came from just anybody anybody like you know like you want to make the humans interesting at least have them giving us like the context of things that we're not able to glean without just like guessing brandon like like before this movie came out we were like man we hope we get like more lore about like all that shit and we got literally nothing we the see only a lot line, of it we see a lot of it but it's also a lot of stuff that we saw from the trailers and all the lines with the same lines from the trailers yeah like mm-hmm. we don't we don't get much more insight unfortunately um the uh, moment where kong signs home i think is awesome oh, that yeah, was yeah. So that that was a good scene. You know what? Okay. So after I was like done watching this movie, it's probably because of my own bias because I am a huge Godzilla fan. He is my favorite, but I felt like there was a lot more. I know it's Godzilla versus Kong. So Kong has to be in the spotlight too, but I felt like there was a lot of stuff involving Kong moreover than Godzilla. I do get Godzilla got two movies compared to Kong's one. Well, there you go. 
but at the same time, it's like I could have used a little bit more stuff with Godzilla. Ben, this does ben, operate more as a sequel to Kong Skull Island. Yeah, ben, I won't I won't disagree with that. This is very much a Kong movie with Godzilla as the antagonist to it. He's mm-hmm. framed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't worry about it, Brandon. Uh, anyway, um, so it's very much that, but uh, I think that the advantage of it is two things. One, Godzilla wins. Um, yeah. So there's that. Yep. Uh, so you're kind of having to play to both audiences because people love Kong and people love Godzilla. And if they knew they were going to make Godzilla win, you got to give them something for Kong on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh the other part of it is uh, that it kind of it kind of makes sense because he clearly wanted to play up personality and emotion, and it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to do with Kong than it yeah. is with Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, not that this movie doesn't try, um, but it definitely comes across easier with Kong. Godzilla's a big old bully in this one. I love it. I really like seeing Godzilla go cra- go like uh, rampaging like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I I enjoyed I, it. I would, okay, so at first I was very confused as to why Godzilla was attacking. Like you're the, supposed the, to be. That's the point of the movie. Yeah, but then it's like thinking about it as like because I'm thinking, okay, the Orca's destroyed. There's not. It's not that anymore. Ghidorah's dead. But then it was like, oh, Ghidorah's skull. So like he was drawn to them experimenting with King Ghidorah's skull and making Mecha Godzilla. That's what he was like. Oh shit, he's still alive. So, so like, there's, there's that, that's a, how I see it. I, I don't know. There's a little bit of a problem that I have in the context of the monster verse. Like I, again, I just kind of hands up whatever because the monster shit was good. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's ultimately what this movie comes to. I don't love that that's what happens sometimes with these films, but it is what happens with this one. Um, but in the context of the monster verse, I don't love Godzilla's characterization in this one. There's always been a little bit of like a benevolence to him in terms of how he handles himself in relation to humans. And that kind of goes out the window in this film. And I can accept it in the scenes where he's flashing blue with his crazy blue eyes and he's destroying cities because the logic seems to be that the uh, pulsing from the eyeball that would become Mechagodzilla's eyeball was calling him uh, and causing him to do that. And I can accept that. The thing is that when he fights Kong, he's not doing that. Uh, And yet there's still this like, specifically I'm thinking of this part where he's approaching Kong when they're at the battleships and he takes out two battleships. Whereas before Godzilla was very polite and dove under Uh, minimal damage to the humans. And you could say that he considered them as Kong's allies and that kind of thing. It's just uh, uh, there's, there's a little bit less of the kind of like the image I've had of Godzilla from the previous two films is kind of the gruff old man. Who's like, look, I'm just trying to keep shit clean. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and he's just trying to keep this is a much more like antagonistic aggressive Godzilla mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't jive entirely with who he's been up to this point but I again like I kind of go eh, whatever what yeah. I did have a problem with really specifically in that is that it didn't it was never made clear if they were purposefully calling Godzilla to them mm-hmm. uh, in, in the beginning it's not clear if they meant to have that pulse piss him off and have him destroy the city so that they would get people to go hey we need to go to the hollow earth so that we can stop godzilla so we're going to support your mission to make mecha godzilla with the power source with the blah 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 they never make it clear if they did that on purpose or not yeah uh and i have a big problem with that i'm like are they just accidentally doing this and thinking there's no connotation like what the hell <laughs> um yeah 
Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I really enjoy uh, the special effects in this film. We've talked about it a lot. There's some cool shots that he does with Godzilla in the ocean. I'm speaking specifically the first time we see Godzilla with the the dorsal fin- the dorsal plates flying, uh, rising up out of the ocean, pulsing blue, and then zooming in on his face. I think that's a really cool scene. And I think Adam Wingard has a better eye for scale than Michael Daugherty did. Because um, I... I I saw a lot of the same kind of film techniques that Michael Darty does with, with framing mo- CGI monsters, but I never felt like I lost the scale of these monsters. I always I felt how big and powerful they were. A hundred percent. Some of the coolest shots I think I've ever seen in any Godzilla movie or any Kaiju film even are in this film. Uh, the shot where we first see Godzilla, where it's coming around on his scales, uh, the, his back scales and yeah. the, the, size scale of it is insane as it comes i can't even imagine seeing it on a big screen i really hope i get to sometime because Mm -hmm. that's nuts and you come down and then you come forward and then his head you see the eyes under the water then his head comes up incredible um some some just like excellent shots uh of like people in fighter jets launching away from kong oh that one uh, shot yeah uh, falling away next to him um just following through on the action between the two when they're fighting like following kong when the ship goes upside down just really awesome stuff you don't usually see in a kaiju film really inventive choices yeah and ryan talked about it a bit about how clear everything looks especially the nighttime stuff like look king of the monsters i'm gonna call back to a lot i apologize but like there's so many so many particle effects it becomes really excessive in this film they kind of overcorrect but i don't mind uh like the ocean sequences are very clear uh the nighttime sequences are very clear and and almost unbelievably so but that's what that's the that's what you can do in a movie you don't need to make everything so realistic especially in a movie called godzilla versus Kong. now yeah oh, go ahead, man. one thing i mu- i will give this movie credit for is a final fight with mecha godzilla kong and godzilla it's during the daytime and it looked great it looks man, fantastic the brawl between godzilla and kong lasted so long that it turned into daytime <laughs> dude was, yeah that's the last 40 minutes of the movie yeah from yeah. kong climbing into hong kong to the end of the film oh is God. 40 minutes incredible maybe the best moment of the movie though but that's not a fight it's godzilla it's uh, godzilla breathing is thousands, <laughs> thousands of miles to the middle of the earth and then what does he say smells like bitch in here <laughs> and kong's like excuse me and I, I really yeah that's such a cool scene with, with the two of them and like godzilla roars like get up here mother <laughs> like kong's like ah yeah uh, he's like what'd you say about my mama uh, yeah, man. Like again, like the the heaves. Is that what they called the heaves? The, yeah. Those ships. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are really cool. And them flying around have they have like like the zooms behind them. The uh, shot, all the special effects are great. The shot when they when when they come out of the hollow earth and like ah! yeah, <laughs> like flying around like the atomic breath and so cool, so cool. Uh, Mecha Godzilla. I don't remember if this is from from the other movies, but like Mecha Godzilla has like a cool different type of laser breath where it's like two spot like two different energy beams. They're like yeah. in one. That looks really cool. Uh, Mecha Godzilla looks really great. Um, again, like I think, like it, it looks like you were rewatching some parts of it earlier. Jesus Christ, this movie looks good. Like Kong looks so good. Like uh, obviously, money makes makes special effects go around, but like yo, just the lighting of it. We, like, let's talk about that one that got you and me both the same. Oh, like this weird little, vulture monster. Okay, so there's this weird vulture vulture bat thing on the ceiling of the chamber where Kong's throne is. The part where it comes down in front of the ship before Alexander Skarsgård and the others are going to walk in. And that shit is CGI. It looks so real. 
so 100% real. And I'm like, this is one of the tiny nobody gives a crap monsters and they made it look this good. Yeah. This movie's incredible. It, it looked like a practical uh, effect. It was too yeah. good. I you really like the 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 uh, the wing the the bats the mm-hmm. war bats they're called war bats um, war bats yeah. yeah when they when it cur- when it curls over Kong and then the wing goes over his face I think that's so oh, cool that's what they're called I thought they were flying snakes no they're war bats they're, yeah. they're okay. called war bats they look disgusting and creepy and that was a really cool that was I, those were really cool. One of the things that I really that I really look out for is choreography, especially in big CGI spectacles, because you're choreographing in a very different way than a person. Um, so I'm always on the lookout for good choreography in that case. I think Godzilla, I think Godzilla, 2014, and Kong Skull Island have really great choreography. Uh, Kong Skull Island, I think, is one of the best looking monster movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think King of the Monsters has pretty good choreography. It, it's fine. There's some it things that I don't. That's good spectacle. I think the choreography in, in, in this, their fight, all of them, every single time they clash, the choreography is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's 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 the cutting of scene. It's the cutting that, that, you, that I always notice in these fights. Like they always do a cut before a big punch, but there's just like one scene where like Godzilla's like on his belly and Kong's punched him and he gets up and he pushes him in a building and it's just there's no cutting. It just you're just watching a scene. I'm like, this is like a hundred million dollars, just like right here. This is insane. Um, but I'm like I don't know why movies are so scared to just do this. Like this is this is like honestly like like the benchmark for me now of like how do you do a city fight with a bunch of monsters? This is like this is how you do it, man. Like I think it's I think it's like flawless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I do think that there is a there's a Adam Wingard took inspiration from more modern day monster movies, and I can tell you can definitely tell Pacific Rim and Kong Skull Island seem to be pretty heavily visual visual uh, uh, inspirations for him in this movie. I think I think he also just decided to take inspiration from good fights yeah. and in general, uh, good filmed fights, and go. How can I apply that to a monster movie in a way that I don't think other people have? Yeah, yeah. and again, and- like there's some shots that are just so insanely inventive and different and i'm like you don't see this in monster movie fights. like mecha godzilla like he has like jet boosters like on his hips so that dude's mm-hmm. like juking around like juking around king kong and i'm like again i could see everything it's not filmed like shaky cam right in front of it uh like yeah. I, I i can't wait till like i i can't wait to get vaccinated because like i will absolutely pay a cheap matinee to see let's this. go do it yeah yeah um no, seeing the seeing the boosters on mecha godzilla being nimble and like when it's especially when you're when when he's fighting Godzilla, Godzilla's just lunging and like Ryan said, he's juking left and right and he can still stay still, whereas Godzilla's crashing into buildings constantly. <laughs> the devastation he, in this movie is insane. It yeah. is. I, I really it, like the I really like the scene uh, where Kong where it's the ocean sequence where Kong uh, Kong Skull Island Kong and Godzilla were fighting, and there's a bit where he looks at where Godzilla's going. He's like, oh. Uh, I thought Kong was thinking, I got to save that boat, not, oh, I got to go over there to meet him, and then just destroys a destroyer on the way to the aircraft carrier. I mean, like, I have a hard time believing that those carriers can hold those monsters, and also that the scale is right on them. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's not one of the things I was worried about. I was just like... Mechagodzilla's tail is mag brought up. Yeah, that thing is like... Oh, yeah. Like, a, it's a drill. Also, I do like how Godzilla... Breath uh, breathes is a time breaking on the axe, so conk, so the axe can have a little more juice to like hack uh, Mechagodzilla. I, the Mechagodzilla bit, cool. the Mechagodzilla bit that I really like is when they both clash beams, and Mechagodzilla does the anime thing where it's like <gasps> to make it go stronger. 
<laughs> and like the, okay sure that's a thing yeah, yeah uh all yeah all the fights they really went for it and like i uh i really i really ha- hashtag restore the monster verse whatever the hashtag is whatever like i i, I this is gonna be a real big continue bummer. hashtag continue. continue the monster verse it's gonna be a really big bummer if this is the final nail in the coffin because i think i think they they the stuff that they want to get right i think they really really got right yeah uh, and i think most people are responding well to it right I agree. I, I mean, like, it really shows, like, how much potential there still is mm-hmm. for these guys. I, I'm I'm so happy to to the idea of, like, another Kong film where he's in the hollowed earth that's just centered on Kong and another Godzilla film that's centered on him doing stuff up there. And then another big thing that's going to happen that's going to make Godzilla and Kong have to, like, Team strap up. on and do the lethal weapon together Absolutely. again. And, like, I want it. Yeah, I yeah. want it bad. Um, I want it so, so much. I right. think there's a lot that you can still explore, too, with with this now out of the way, like we can still get the lore stuff about Kong and Godzilla's species history, especially mm-hmm. by them being there with Kong and the hollowed earth. There's stuff to learn about it. Um, I do think that like the more I'm sitting on it and thinking about it, I think that there's an idea of like Godzilla having his species and all of them being some of the oldest of the Titans and Kong species being relatively new, mm-hmm. but also evolution in a sense. And so like they're taking up a mantle of like, they're they're alpha level but they have a reverence for godzilla species and like you know there there's an and amount of like and... you can't undo what's at top of the food chain yeah. kind of crap uh but they they also have to find their way to exist um like, the final after mechagodzilla is dead the final war between godzilla and king kong, and kong it's kind of like i saw that as a okay you saved my ass you can take the hollow earth up top's mine yeah, it's kind of like them like drawing the lines. Like, this is your ter- that's your territory. I, this is my territory. I mean, like my interpretation is, is is solidly that was Kong by choice this time because the first time he didn't have a choice, but by choice this time saying you're the king of the monsters uh, because he drops the axe. He's like, you got it. That's you. Like, because Godzilla's going around there saying he wants to make that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. Godzilla makes that perfectly clear. Yeah. Uh, uh, because while Godzilla definitely like was on his ropes uh, with with mecha godzilla he beat kong's butt twice godzilla definitely won Uh uh uh-huh there's no question and now the two can be like cool yeah cool great there was that good callback to the sorry there's the callback to the um (laughs) to the universal king kong versus godzilla where he takes the axe handle and shoves it in godzilla's mouth yeah uh, there's 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 references to the, the movie in two places. The helicopter sequence uh, mm-hmm. where they're carrying Kong, where they're carrying yep. Kong is definitely a reference to the original movie, uh, yeah. and the throwing putting the axe in the in the mouth. I refuse to believe it's not. Um, oh yeah, didn't Universal? Uh, yeah, you tweeted that. Right? You like retweeted that uh, Universal uh, put the gif yeah. up. Every everything with Gia is so good. She's um, she's a great little her, her yeah. feeling Kong's heartbeat and her on the boat feeling Godzilla coming. Yeah. Oh, so good! What a good pretense arrival. Oh, yeah. I really, I really like the um, man. That underwater stuff looks really good. Anyway, I really like the 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 sequence where where Kong is running away from the atomic breath, and you just like he's like Godzilla is using it as as a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> being with other places, I thought that was really cool. Again, the monkey parkour, like he was like hopping around buildings, looking good. I think they did a really good job with Godzilla still having to show his charge for the atomic breath and Kong knowing how to use that to his advantage, how much time he has. That was so good. He kept charging up and like, no, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also when he tries to do his signature move of ripping open a jaw, Godzilla's like, I'm a fire out of it. And he's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> or even when he hits, well, he's like, or even, oh. 
or even when he hits Kong in the back, like, because I feel like in a lot of the older Godzilla movies, when Godzilla uses his atomic breath, a bunch of monsters just go, oh, ow, that hurts. Whereas this one is like, shit, that's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, in, in 2014 Godzilla, he uses he breathes it directly inside a Muto and kills the Muto. There's a fun so. reference to that with Mechagodzilla almost does the same thing. Mm-hmm. He almost gets reversed. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that thought was, that was cool. That was something. Um, it's so good. It's it's like the best kaiju wrestling I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's wonderful. Um, the score's not great. Uh, not the best. Not Certainly not Bray McCreary's King, no. of, King of the Monsters. That's score, fine. That yeah. score is probably untoppable, let's be honest. It's yeah. Uh, for Godzilla music, it's the best. It gets so, done. There were hints of the Godzilla. Dun, 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 Junkie, dun. XL, Junkie XL definitely tries to evoke the idea of it without being able to do it. Yeah, because you can't use the theme. Yeah. It was, okay, At the end, after I was done watching the movie, I looked at fans and I was like, you know what? This movie's alright, but there's no main Godzilla theme. King of the Monsters gave me the Godzilla theme, and I really I mean, like that Godzilla theme. I mean, look, Godzilla King of the Monsters is incredible, and so when you come off of something like that, I normally wouldn't bring up the score. I normally try to bring up the score when it's noticeable, when it's good. Um, otherwise, I just leave it out of my, my review of my talking points. But King of the Monsters score is so damn good that coming to this one after that, you're just kind of like, you know, you got to bring it up because like it's not that it's it's not that score. I appreciate Junkie XL's attempt. Godzilla definitely has a a theme when he's appearing or when they're a, 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 a foreshadowing his approach. Um, Junkie XL did make something. He's trying to make something that's similar to Godzilla's theme, but it's not. It's, it's of course not measuring up, um, and yeah. that's okay. I, I uh, it serves the film well enough. Yeah, it does. But I was really one of the will put this movie like even higher for me when I was watching it is when Godzilla shows up in Florida and you hear dun, 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 dun. I, I get it's probably it was probably another rights issue. I don't know if Toho agreed to let Bear McCreary use the the original Godzilla theme for King of the Monsters. He had, King of the Monsters he had to he had to pitch it. He had to yeah. pitch to Toho to try to, to license the yeah. theme. The, the yeah. thing is that like he got it the permission, mm-hmm. not the studio got the permission. Okay, he like fought for it. Yeah. All right, that was that's probably where because if I felt that if they actually were able to use the Godzilla theme in this movie, it would. I know it's silly to say, but even after watching the original 1954 classic, that theme is gorgeous no it's i don't think it's silly to say because again like we got an awesome godzilla score and then we're going to like the avengers of godzilla movies and we don't mm-hmm. hear his theme song it's yeah. it is it's a weird thing that like i hate i hate hollywood for for well, rights I, I was after watching 1950 i watched 1954 godzilla one night and then the next night i watched 2014 godzilla and as i do really like 2014 godzilla but as i'm watching this movie i'm like Man, just hearing the dun 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 dun, yeah. like just hearing the beats when he's arriving in Hawaii will just like I mean yes the silence and the suspense is there but just like some crescendo of the Godzilla theme and then his roar would have been perfect. There's no silence. Uh, it, it is scored that sequence. Oh, okay, not silence, but it's like that low tone kind of score. It's like no, it's, it's pretty bombastic. It's it's Godzilla's theme. The boom boom boom. You know the whatever that that theme is trying to be used in that movie. Uh, I think I think in the part where Godzilla's walking over the building, that's when the silence is. Yeah, like where when, it's just, when it first like shows when him in the frame, and he's like moving. You only see part of him, but he's moving in front of all the people. Yeah. They make it's it silent because it's the it's the step silence. 
That's so it's like it's the, the the scene I'm talking about is when the when he first makes landfall in Honolulu and you see the flare guns fire and then you just hear the, the his low yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about I'm sorry, you're talking about yeah. Godzilla uh 2014. Yes, yeah. the score for Godzilla 2014 is also fine. Yeah. That's that's what I was talking about cuz the cuz when you go from 90, my thought process was 1954, that theme, holy shit. 2014, good could use the theme king of monsters hell yeah the theme's there this is great godzilla versus kong why is the theme not there yeah well you know i think right. there's a there's another script of this movie i believe because uh i'm sure i was i was right in hearing that michael doherty had written this movie or at least written a draft no, of this movie that is definitely the case yeah because he was the guy that wasn't directing the movie but he was writing it to continue. yeah yeah but yeah, the yeah. screenwriters on this movie are michael Bor- are michael borenstein yeah, and someone else not michael doherty that's a story for another time, I bet. So I wonder if there's an, there was supposed to be like because you know uh, the end credits for Godzilla King of the Monsters teases like Mothra could still be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the monsters are going to Skull Island for some reason, and when we come up to this movie, none of the none of that connective none of that lead in right. is in this movie at all. Yeah, because now, now Skull Island is because wasn't years ago at a Comic Con didn't Gareth Edwards very subtly hint at Monster Island, like before he was off the project. No, I don't remember. I could have swore that Brandon told me is something at a, at a Comic Con. He was like, I could be wrong, but look, look, the moment Kong Skull Island came into the picture, everybody assumed it would be Monster Island at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, because it not. kind of is. Well, it's taking over monsters on it. Well, true. yeah, there's monsters on it. True, true. Doesn't matter. It's gone mm-hmm. now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but human stuff aside, um, outside of Gia, like, yeah. uh, continues to be like great everything with her was great yeah uh did you guys all the the monster stuff so good my last question now uh i wasn't expecting you know giant monsters all 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 out attack or anything did you think we were gonna get any other kaiju in this movie because i kind of did i thought we did what i was trying to say what i was trying to say uh uh, is that i expect a mothra in this movie yeah i expected something instead of just literally the two guys i thought it was interesting yeah not and, that and, I, then a, and then a new, a uh, couple of new species, and Mechagodzilla too. But I was kind of hoping for something else. Maybe I, I don't know what I was hoping for. I was just expecting like a Mothra cameo or something. Yeah, because they yeah, Brand's right. They do tease Mothra still being a or Mothra's egg at a new site. Larva. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think the movie while while I also was on some level thinking we we might see someone else doesn't need it. Um, yeah, I don't think the movie needs it. I can totally buy the logic if you told me later like none of the other type like the other Titans were around, but none of them wanted to get involved in that shit. Yeah, uh, nope. I'd be like defo. I get it. Um, uh, I I do hope like we get more monsterverse stuff. I hope we see Mothra again. I I hope we see the king and the queen uh, doing their symbiotic crap and then teaming up with Kong to fight. Some other big force from space, maybe Gigan, maybe Space Godzilla. Who Why knows? Both. Or since we Why got not the Space or, or somewhere down the line, they use the oxygen destroyer. We can get Destroya. That'd be cool. They already they used, used the oxygen, the oxygen destroyer. destroyer. No, but because Destroya became a monster because of the oxygen destroyer, so he can sure. rise from the ashes of that. That'd be sweet. I, I gotta tell you, I don't need to see that kaiju redone in the monster verse. I like Destroya. I like the story too. But I think that part of the reason why it works is because of the poetry of it. Like the whole thing was that that was the end of the Heisei era. And for all intents and purposes at the time, the end of Godzilla. And so it was about the thing that killed him originally killing him for this. And that's not what the story they would do. So I don't need it. Right. 
Um, yeah, space guy. Yeah, that's that's uh, all I've got. I think. Uh, and do you feel any better about it? Um, um you kind of put me a little and, bit better. And my, yeah. thing is, my thing is that you're hot on everything related to the monsters, so I'm not yeah, sure yeah. why. I agree with Ryan. I'm not sure why you're coming in on it colder than King of the Monsters. And you probably persuaded me a little to like it to be hot on it a little bit more. I think I, I, one of the reasons could be because I've only seen this movie once and I may need to watch it again. That's no, it's not because I watched it once. You don't need to see everything twice. You can watch things once and enjoy it. I watched it twice because I wanted to because I yeah, enjoyed yeah, it yeah. so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna watch it well, twice. The, the, hearing you guys talk about the size scale is like, yeah, I really do want to see this movie. Well, next time, don't watch it on your iPhone. How about that? I didn't watch it on my iPhone. I watched it on that TV back there. Something big. Joking, obviously. As Martin Scorsese wants it, watch everything on your iPhone. I watched it on my Apple Watch. Yeah, I watched it on my Apple Watch. On my Tom, I got you. Imagine watching this movie on Apple Watch. Holy crap. Wow, the scale. Um. Yeah. All right, let's rate it. Uh, uh, Ben, do you want to go last again? No, make him go first. Okay, I'll make you go first. I'm we're not going until you go. All right, fine, I'll go. Uh, I'll originally I was playing, I was staying at a 7.5 for this movie, but I think now it is a solid eight. I mean, if you cut all the human shit out, I mean, every single human, every single human bit out, like because I'm remembering, no, okay, minus her, she's like the her, her and uh, Rebecca Hall, best part, best humans. So is Gia piloting the, the frigate? Hell yeah. Gia's piloting Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah, continue. Because just like why I gave Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters such a high praise last time is because I was there for the fights. I got the fights. This one, I was here for the fights, and I got the fights. So, yeah, the Godzilla versus... I could have used a little bit more stuff with Godzilla because I realized this is also a Kong sequel because Kong only got the one, whereas Godzilla got mm. the two. But and the fight was awesome. Both all every time they fought, I was like, yes. And every time Kong was fighting, even when he wasn't fighting Godzilla, I'm like, oh, this is cool. So yeah, it's it's an eight for me. Huh. Higher than I assumed. Uh Ryan? I also give it an eight. I think I think uh I definitely like it more than the last one. Uh I have the same problems as like the last one, but there's just less of those problems. Uh so, and yeah. much more of the good. And much more of the good, yeah. So uh yeah, solid eight sparks oh no i insist it's just in a thing sparks it's a All thing right. why are you always last brandon um okay uh you threw me off um okay i like king of the monsters fine um i don't think the fights are as good as as, as um a lot of people think fine um this movie is a vast improvement where i felt king of the monsters suffered uh, in many places, except for oddly enough, the characters. But that the, being said, I had a blast. There are multiple moments where I couldn't help but ex- exhume a, a a celebratory we or something. Yeah. Um, so uh, because of how much I enjoyed watching it, not and not a reflection of the quality of the movie itself, I would give it a nine. Yeah, I'm in the same place. I give it a nine. Um, yeah. Like the, the the stuff I came here for, I got in spades. Uh, the the Godzilla versus Kong title is well earned. Um, I think it's top top level stuff for Godzilla, top level stuff for Kong, top level stuff for kaiju films. Uh, as far as that, 
the the monster stuff. Of course, the human stuff is at a detriment, um, but it's no more egregious than other Godzilla films I've watched before, and certainly no more egregious than other things that have happened in the monster verse. Um, it's it's there, and like they at least this film made the choice to say, "Don't worry about it." rather than trying to make me yeah. through like a process of pulling teeth have to be invested where they weren't going to put in the effort. They yeah. clearly made a decision like, look, we didn't, we didn't do great. We didn't do great on some of our decisions for the human stuff. We're not going to make you go through it very hard. Don't think about it too much. Okay, great. Cool. At least you made that clear and I'm here for, for the goods. Yeah. Uh, and it delivers on that. Godzilla wins. He's king of the monsters, baby. And everybody can acknowledge it. I'm happy. It's a nine. Yeah. We were talking about it. Like, who do you think is going to win? And who do you want to win before? And we both agreed that Godzilla should win because Kong won the first movie. Um, All right. Shall we get into our book club? Book it up. Buttercup. All right. Ben. Mm -hmm. Take it away. Yep, so the book club this week was was Bloodborne, Volume 1, The Death of Sleep, written by Alice Cott and drawn by Piotr Kowalski. Gentlemen, what did you think of this book? How did you like it, especially since two of us have played Bloodborne, and the other two, as far as I know, have not played Bloodborne? What did you think? I want to hear your thoughts first before we go, before we dive in. Sir? I always talk first. You guys go. Yeah, I'm talking to the guys I, who I'm haven't actually... played the game yet. Well, see, interestingly, I'm more interested to know what you guys felt about this. Because um, uh, that would kind of gauge what I was supposed to be feeling. Okay, look, uh, I thought the art was really good. I thought the story was all right, but it didn't really grab me. Yeah. 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 Oh, so yeah. we're all in agreement. I thought it was because I didn't play the games. No, this has nothing, like we said last week, like this has barely anything to really do with the game. Like it's, it's, it's uh, in terms of like, it's a guy playing the game, but like in terms of lore, you don't have to literally know anything because again, Bloodborne is very, it's, it's about playing the game. It's not about the lore. Yeah. So like you don't need to know anything or play the game to get it. So I, I, not only that, just, it's not just playing the game, but it's also um, playing the DLC too. Cause the, um, cause the, the last place where the, where the hunter and the child end up is the fishing hamlet, which is the end of the DLC. The and I've time. never played that. So again, and, I don't think it yeah. matters. And Ryan's never played that. So, and that's home to one of the bosses, which I actually thought the child was either cause or going to be the orphan of cause or something. Ben, but, I, I did some internet sleuthing while people mm -hmm. were reading the book as it was coming out. And a lot of people speculated that he was the orphan of cause. It was, it was the orphan of cause yeah. or yeah. So, but as I was reading this, I was like, I still enjoyed it, but at the same time, I, I felt like I still don't know exactly what was going on. But that's the thing about Bloodborne. Bloodborne is very in your face. If you want to know exactly what's going on, you have to do the digging and the sleuthing in the game. Well, I'll tell you, yes, but I will tell you what this is. This is a Groundhog Day scenario. The guy mm -hmm. keeps waking up. Why am I in this nightmare? I think that's pretty easy to get. Um, it's the pale blood stuff that that is that is it is a MacGuffin. It's also a MacGuffin mm -hmm. in the game. The games never explain what pale blood is. Neither does this comic. Um, like, it's very much like they mentioned the church. They mentioned the the church of healing and um, and also like you get you see a Sefka because you start off the game in a Sefka's clinic. You can go back there and talk to her. Yeah. but you don't know exactly what happens to her. It's a lot of the stuff in Bloodborne is, and even in Dark, and a lot of other FromSoft games, 
it's very open-ended if you don't know what to do exactly because you can leave have storylines of npcs just completely branch off and never talked about again or you can have npcs accidentally killed for no reason or you have to kill npcs it's very it's weird because as i was reading this i was as someone who has played bloodborne and apparently played the whole thing with the dlc it's like it's like cool i know that thing but at the same time it's like even i don't know what the heck's going on i played through the damn game you know i recently watched so i talked about dota dragon's blood which is a a show based off a a game i've never played i I just when i was reading it and I'm, i'm glad you guys said i didn't need to play the game to understand this book because while i was reading i definitely felt like i was missing something yeah. Um, and to know it was the, just the uh, the story that was mm-hmm. uh, that was just not being told well is, is is nice. I'm glad. I mean, it's just like it's 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 a very for 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 it's weird that they wanted to turn Bloodborne into a comic first of all because they turned Dark Souls into a comic and it's awful. It is very much um, uh, it is very much a traditional Dungeons and Dragons adventure with way too much dialogue. And the thing that I do appreciate that this about this book is that it's not very dialogue heavy. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of dialogue in Bloodborne. Again, that is a game play. That is a game focused on gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. So the aspects that I do like about the book is that it's it is trying to be a comic about what the game's about. It's about death and rebirth, and you're stuck in this nightmare, and how do you get out? I just don't think it's executed very well. Um, I think the ideas are very cool. I think the the snake monsters are very cool. All the enemies, like you don't even know who they are from the comics. It's like those are the enemies of the world, right? Like I actually, you know what the trolls are in Marvel. Those are the bad guys in Marvel. You know, it's like kind no. of thing. When we got to the snake monsters, I felt really bad for Brandon because I knew he was going to hate that bit. Mm, Bergenworth. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, dude. Those snakes in Bergenworth were bitches. That was... Ugh. I mean, once I was finally... I knew how to kill him. I was like, hell yeah, die. But at the same time... Yeah, you have to stab him. But even... Um, one of the things I did like about the book was... So you guys saw those like big, giant Lovecraftian monsters with the big bulbous heads. Yeah, amygdalas. Right? Amnidalas or MD, I can't amygdalas, I mean whatever they are. So you saw how the hunter wasn't able to see them, but the child was. That's 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 that was that was one bit of the game that I really liked because in the game, as you kill monsters and as you slay, as a, as you beat bosses, you gain something called insight. Insight kind of helps you see the world for what it really is, and you can walk into the same area that you like the very first area of the game. At the very beginning, not see everything's like okay, cool. This is what it is. Halfway through, you can walk through the same area. There's a big ass monster on the building just staring at you. Yeah, that's uh, that, like, that. I think that works really well in the comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, oh shit, that wasn't there last time. How come it's there now? It's because you gain enough insight to see essentially like see what the world really is. I I just didn't get why it was relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it doesn't it doesn't have any context, so it's just like. It's a monster he can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's a monster you have to avoid. Yeah, you can't yeah. see it. Uh, yeah. But I didn't get I, the impression that he has to avoid it or anything because he sleeps under it for a whole night. Yeah. And so in the te- context of the comic, I'm like, it is a thing he can't see. No big deal. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. I felt like, I mean, I was, glad, I was cool. I was glad to see that this was like four issues, but at the same time, I felt like it could have gone a little bit longer. Maybe. It, maybe it does. Issues. It does. It just. It's. Unfortunately, I think this this arc it ends very early. But there's like 15 more issues of this comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think the whole run is like a six, the 16 issues, but they tell different stories of different hunters or something. Mm. I, I could be wrong. No, you're but, probably right. I don't know. Yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, I still I liked it, but at the same time, I was as I was reading, it's like maybe you should, 
it's definitely if you've played the game, you're definitely gonna get a lot more out of it. It's it. You know what? Trying to compare this to a centipede. Centipede was awesome because that. I mean, I don't know if it's just because the game is so much more simpler, but yes, centipede. Uh, Max Beam has had a so much more to play around with. Whereas Bloodborne, I feel, because Bloodborne's very stylistic, it's very gothic, very Victorian. It's like you have to stick to the style. Whereas Centipede, you can go boss to the walls crazy and be like, all you need is a centipede. That's it. You can make anything else happen. Whereas Bloodborne, you have to you you have I to don't have think, I don't think that's it, Ben, because Bloodborne has some of the craziest Cthulhu monsters in, in video game history. So like you can have crazy wild shit. Um I just think and Alice Cod is a really, really talented guy. So it's like I, I feel like this feels very like, very like he wrote it in like a day. Yeah. Like this dude, I know this dude's capable of so much more, and it feels like he wanted the tone of Bloodborne, but like it, he just wasn't given enough time to really tell an, or a cool, a good enough story. Because I think all the artwork's great, and all like all the, all like all the all the Bloodborne stuff is really good, but it's the the narrative that we have to follow. It's uninteresting. Yeah, they don't do enough with the kid, and they don't explain the pale blood. Which again, they don't explain the pale blood in the game. But the problem is, this is a comic that the pale blood is important. We have to know why we're doing something. Yeah, I I agree. I agree completely. I still I still enjoyed this book. I thought it was really cool. The art was gorgeous. Yeah, but it's like, what did the healing church do again? Why are the pale bloods such a thing? How come how come all the other hunters he sees look like the pale bloods? This Whereas feels the- like to, like a tone piece more than an actual like. Some, this feels like, hey, if you've played Bloodborne, read this comic, and you'll get something out of it. I don't think there's really much anything else. Like, you don't have to read the comic, but like, you're not going to get like anything a, out of it. It feels like a pitch more than a story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the the thing that really just made it not work was that when we get to the narrative ending of the the kid appearing as a monster to him, uh-huh. and he decides to take him, I'm like, the 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 context of this is just lost on me. Like I, I know I understand the the messaging of it for him in the decision to keep going, but I don't understand the context of why this is important. Yeah, it's and again, like it, it's a thing of of the Souls games being like mysterious in nature and you yeah. have to find your own thing, but it's this isn't a video game where we have alternate exploration. Paths. You don't have the ability to seek we, out that information. We can't go left when you're just taking us right. So like this is the only path we have. So like yeah, I think it's just I think this is just like this was a misstep, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks beautiful. Um, great monster work. It does. The the art is gorgeous, but other than that, it's like I even I was I was kind of lost on it. Although yeah. I was interested in reading more, but it's definitely not one of the things where it's like oh I want to clamor anymore. It's like I mean if it comes up I'll probably go through it but as of now it's like nah. I'll, buy it. I'll buy it on sale yeah um okay uh anything else we want to add or, or should we move on play the game all right ryan oh. hey guys oh, oh. go ahead no one quick time i didn't like how after the the hunter dies in the very first in the very first book or the first issue you do see you died yeah mm. yeah i did i, I did like the, the game the game aspects of it yeah ryan it's your book club next week what it sure is. Hey guys, my name is Ryan Oleopolis, and I had a great Christmas. One of the reasons is because he bought me some comic books, and I haven't read this book yet, so we're going to read it. It's called These Savage Shores, written by Ram V and illustrated by Sumit Kumar, with colors by Vittorio Estone and lettered by Aditya Bidikar. Names are hard, Brandon. I get it now. <laughs> uh, These Savage Shores, this is a great, this is a, a, a very acclaimed indie book uh, that I have not read yet, and we're going to read it now. Nice. 
All right, that'll do it then. Uh, next week, we have no topic laid out, so let's keep we'll it. Start thinking of topics. Uh, knows, maybe maybe we'll... the topic we talked about earlier might be the topic. I don't know. I'm always down for that. Or maybe ga- Gamera. Who knows? Or maybe that other one we brought up recently about cuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, good night, everyone. Uh, Bye, Mag. Good, best. good night, Mag. Good night, Mag. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, we have a bunch of stuff on this channel, guys. This is not the only thing we do. Um, uh, I'm going to plug Conversation again. Conversation is, is my solo thing um, where I talk to uh, 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 podcasters and content creators about <clears throat> their their shows and about fandom in general, uh, just kind of going through some fandom stuff. And this past episode was Pat Aura, the Historia Canadiana podcast. Ooh. And uh, next week I'll have Harley Heroes. Spoiler, I listen to the Historia Canadian podcast. It's really good. Everyone should totally listen to that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was actually happy with how that conversation turned out. It was really good. Um, of course, we have other shows on YouTube. Uh, you can check out our, our Fake Nerds Watch series of Falcon and Winter Soldier, our Basement Arcade series, which we teased on the show, coming coming back, coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which Ben just recently did a did a, did, did an episode out there. Mm-hmm. Episode uh, video is game out anniversaries, right? Yep, video game anniversaries, and also Sizzle Reel. Something else is coming for Pause Menu. Oh. And the Fake Nerd Book Club, where you can check out a little Char and the Gang and a bunch of other stuff. Um, that's not the only things we have. We have tons of other things on this channel. Uh, definitely make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel to get everything you want. Of course, we have our Crafted by Z masks. My girlfriend has an Etsy store where she makes makes face masks. Look, I get it. We look like we're coming out of a pandemic, but you know, just, just wear those masks. And if by some miracle you don't have masks at this point, Fake Nerd Podcast masks. Get ready uh, for that fourth wave. They're pretty cool. Can't have a fourth wave if we didn't have a first wave. Oh, shit. Denial. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Patreon, uh, where we have our new shirt uh, t- for the next three months. So it'll be April, May, June. So July 1st, new shirt. And this thing goes away forever. So you, you know want to be everyone every week for the next three months is a Stephen King joke at Ben's expense. That's true. Boom, 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 boom. So if you want to be just like Ben Magnet and be Stephen King's best friend and proudly show it to everyone. Hell yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon for $10. Um, or, you know, it's $5 or $20, whatever you guys want. Um, you only get the shirt for the $10. We also have a tea public. just talked about a shirt for a long time. You cannot get, you can't get the shirt on tea public. This shirt, uh, tea public has other shirts. Um, eight uh, bit fake podcast. One, uh, our logo shirts are, uh, there's even a suburban proctologist shirt. A lot of cool shirts, guys. We love shirts. I love shirts. Um, <laughs> we have, but you can find all these links on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com. And all these links are down below in the description. Just check them out. Uh, we thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to Mag, who constantly, every week, watches the live show all the way through. Um, crazy, man. He's love it. Um. Thank you to Jimmy Bellucci for our in, for our intro music. Uh, sizzle for my for conversation. I got a new intro from Jimmy Bellucci for 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 conversation. So oh, stay tuned for that. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, and you can find his podcast Suburban Proctologist on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, or at Subproc Podcast. Of course, thank you to Mike Matola. Uh, Mike Mike's great. He does the he did the three logos for us and the Patreon exclusive Stephen King shirt. That's a Mike Matola original that he was kind enough to do. Oh, excuse me. 
Excuse you. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me taking a much needed app at Ben Maga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, as Brandon said earlier, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. My latest article about uh, console mods is in the description down below. So go ahead and check that out. And a new article is definitely coming this week because I'm like halfway through it and I really need to finish that. Sparks. Uh, you can find me singing the praises of the one true king of the monsters, Godzilla, at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z-Witty. And Ryan. Uh, DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, stay fake nerds. Stay fake nerds.